Hey folks, Captain Kevin Faber here from Whalen Bay Marine, and I want to tell you all about a line of boats they are carrying. Whalen Bay now carries tractor boats, nitro performance fishing boats, sun tractor pontoon boats, Tahoe boats, and we all know the last one, Mako. So now, no matter what your boat needs are, Whalen Bay has you covered. You have your choice of the number one aluminum boat, family boats, performance fishing boats, or just straight up fishing machine in the new Mako boats. Does it get any better? Also, I can promise you, when you buy your new boat, all of the folks at Whalen Bay will make sure your boat is rigged correctly and in a timely manner. And you can do all this at Whalen Bay Marine. It's St. Augustine, located at 845 State Road 207. Or give them a call at 904-217-3778. Whalen Bay Marine, your authorized tracker boat, Nitro, Sun Tracker, Tahoe, and Mako boats dealer. And remember, every day is a boat show at Whalen Bay Marine. To the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. I'm Captain Kevin Favor, Jeff Logman, and it's a very, very special guest today, Mr. Steve Donaldson. So we got some news coming from him, and then obviously Chris Wayne's bringing it to you. Yo. And, and Chris, do you think that there's uh, anybody with hangovers this morning? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to talk softly. Yeah, morning. we do. I'm sure they're not. There's why? Uh, why? Why would they? Have oh a my God! You know. This, Are they getting ready for the impending this doom? Used to be, <laughs> this used to be, for me, probably the greatest weekend for, for Jacksonville. And it right. may still be, you know, but, but, but growing up here and being a Florida fan and, oh, yeah. and getting our ass kicked for most of the years of up <laughs> growing up, except for when Spurrier got here. But I'm uh, telling you right now, me, me and Ed Malin, uh-huh. It was the, it was the town, brother, on Friday and Saturday night. Well, the way I hear it, get ready for the old days. Okay, <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm hearing, right? I mean, I I hear that Georgia is really good. Oh, Georgia is really good, really good. And yeah. Florida is yeah. just okay. Yeah, which I mean, no, they're not bad. Yeah, they're yeah they're okay. Yeah. So it, it should it should make for I I can tell you this. I've seen more Georgia tags in town than I have in Dude, the past year. It's oh, it, it, they are. I, I had Georgia fans yesterday. Uh, you know, I'll, I was basically done with fishing, but my my buddies from Columbus, Georgia, called me like, "Man, we're gonna be in town. Let's go oh, fishing." Yeah. Like, all right, all right, all right. Let's go. You know, I love them. I love yeah. them. They're 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 great folks, and obviously Jeff and I are kind of brothers of Georgia anyway. So it, it's mm-hmm. it's it's fun. It's 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 a great weekend for Jacksonville and and. Um, it's it's something that, like I said, that's been a big part of my life forever. But so we got we, it's a lot going on today. Yeah. Because uh, on this outdoor show, we got Mr. Steve Donaldson who sits on the panel of the uh, South Atlantic Marine Fisheries Commission and the mm-hmm. panel for Kobe and mackerel. That's uh, is that accurate? That's correct. Steve? All right. Yep. All right. So we're going to talk a little bit of Kobe. We're going to talk a little mackerel, and then uh, we have a special guest coming on at uh, about eight thirty. Gonna have Mr. Bill Dance. This is gonna be great. You know yeah. that guy. That guy might be famous one day. He might be. <laughs> I think he might be onto something. 
81 years old and still rocking. Yeah, that's amazing to me that he's still doing shows. I'm talking, yeah. I'm talking, I mean, he is still uh, rocking. When I say rocking, he's still fishing hard. He's still doing TV shows. He's yeah. still doing everything. And, uh, and it was a great, great uh, moment when I got to meet him. I was excited because, I mean, I mean everybody kind of grows up and, and you get to watch fishing on the television sh- you know, shows. Yeah. And he was always on the air. So, I mean, if you go back to the early days of outdoor television, mm. who was it? It was Bill Dance. Mm-hmm. It was Jimmy Houston. Yeah. It was Hank Parker. Yep. It Roland was Martin. Roland Martin. Roland Martin yeah. And then I would probably add one more in there, and that's um, Flip Pallet. Flip Pallet. Yeah, Jose Wahabi. I yeah. mean, up back in the yeah. early days, I mean, those guys were it. Yeah, those were the um, the ESPN guys. Yeah, you know, when you could wake up on Saturday or Sunday mornings and, and 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 watch a watch a fishing show, and and obviously we've had Flip on a, a couple times. Had Flip on. Yeah. We've had Jose yep. on before yep. he had, passed away. Yep, yep, yep. So and if you guys ever want a good laugh, the blooper roll. Oh, we on, we're going to talk to him about oh that because God. it's 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 one of the funniest things you'll ever yeah. see. Yeah. We totally are going to talk about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, I want to know when the next version's coming out. Yeah, I do too. So uh, so excited to do that. And uh, and just to give people a little bit of an idea, I actually was uh, talking back and forth with also his daughter who's involved in, I guess you would call it Bill Dance Enterprises. And, and she's great. Right. I mean, I mean, she's awesome. And a joy talking to her. And so she sent me a bio. And reading some of this, I mean, it's like, are you kidding me? Right. Because, you know, we kind of think of Bill Dance as just the TV guy, right? Yeah. And that's it. Mm-hmm. But when I looked, and here's just a few things off of his bio. Uh, tournament career, 67, 1967 to 1980. He caught the first bass in BASS history. Wow. What? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah, he was the first BASS Angler of the Year in 1970. Okay, he won again in 74 and 77, making him only one of five anglers to ever win three or more Angler of the Year titles. Wow. Huh. How about that? A um, couple other things. Finished 64 times in the money out of 78 total BASS entries. Wow, that's impressive. <laughs> Seven total wins, eight-time runner-up, six third places, 40 top 10 finishes, and 51 top 20. He won seven of his first 17 events entered. Mm. <laughs> and I mean, and there's so many different things that he was honored for right. throughout the years. But uh, how about this? this the, the, the television side of Bill Dance. Host of the longest-running and most successful fishing show on TV today, which is Bill Dance Outdoors. That's what we all grew up watching. Sure. Mm-hmm. Bill Dance Outdoors has aired since 1968. Wow. No kidding. 1968. What the hell did the camera look like back then? <laughs> over <Big>. 2,000 <laughs> you know? show, over 2,000 shows in its history. The host of also of Bill Dance Saltwater, mm-hmm. which first aired in 2009 with over 150 shows to date. He has produced over 36 educational videos, 12 audio tapes educating others on, obviously, a lot of fishing topics, four hilarious outtake 
shows that are called bloopers, bloopers. Mm-hmm. that have been aired all over the world. <laughs> that's amazing. Yep, that's an amazing career. And so we're going to have him on. What's that? He's still fishing. Oh, yeah, and he's, oh, still, he's fishing. still fishing. He's still fishing hard. In fact, uh, when I when I met him, we got to talk fishing, and, you know, he's he's like uh, us. I mean, he's pulling out his phone, and he's, man, you got to see this one, you know. And I'm <laughs> showing him, look, you, man, hey, Bill, you got to see this one. We're going back and forth, and it's just two guys talking fishing, and and he's coming to fish. He's going to come and fish Jacksonville in, in February. You taking him sheep's head fishing? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to take him sheep's head fishing. Boy. So Pressure. No. <laughs> oh, you'll see. Oh, you, I mean, it's, yeah, it's yeah, pressure, but you know what? No, and all of a sudden you're going to wake up and it's going to be blowing northeast at 20, and you're going to be like, man, where? No, wait a minute. I can't go here. I got to go here. It's just like of, tournament time. I, I, I Yeah. So so when Bill gets mad and, and decides he's going to leave, then you got to have Tara come out and talk to him just like Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just it's like, like Carrie, Carrie did, did with Mark Sosa. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But anyway, so uh, looking forward. I can forward. see it now. Hey, Kirk, um, where have you been fishing at, buddy? <laughs> oh, yeah. There's no doubt. I can tell you this. I'll be pre-fishing more uh, yeah. for that than I've ever done for the tournament. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah. I will be calling in a few favors yeah, every, you know, for here and that. That's good. Yeah. And then, January, uh, January, you said? February. February. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of what we're shooting for. We haven't firmed up the dates yet, but uh, we're talking about about February and uh, – you know, and hopefully the, if the weather's great, I mean, you know how that is. I mean, if the weather's great and, and the water temperatures are good, I mean, you can't go wrong. No. You know? And, but, it, but February's always just so it's iffy just, around it's here. It's always iffy. Yeah. And, and, you know, so is March. Oh, okay, no question. You know, so yeah. Yeah. You know, it, is, it is what it is. Yeah. And the good thing is, is that he's a fisherman and he knows. Absolutely. You know, as opposed to the pressure of taking a charter out when a lot of people charter you. Yeah. They they don't they're not fishermen. Some of them aren't. I mean, they like the fish, but they're not quote unquote fishermen. So they don't get that. Look, some days are tough. So is did, did you ask him? Um, is there a camera boat? Haven't gotten that far. Haven't yet. gotten that far. Yeah, but, we're just because Steve was my camera boat. Yeah. I was gonna yeah. ask you that. Are you, are you fun fishing or is he filming? No, we're filming. Oh wow. Yeah, he wants okay. he wants yeah. to do TV shows. Yeah. You know, so I was like, yeah, we could do that. I mean. He, because I mean, we, how we got on the topic was, uh, and it, because this was you know summertime, and he said, you know, he he said, hey, what is one of the things you really like to do? And I said, I I like the sheep's head fish. I said we have a, a pretty cool fishery, and I you know told him about the El Cheapo tournament, mm-hmm. and uh, how in the winter time it's uh, it's a great kind of a a great fishery because in the winter time, I mean, it's not like you're going out doing a whole lot of other things. No, you know, no, no. It's, it's kind of the target species. Yeah, so it's, it's one of the main things, and I was telling him about the you know the tournament and uh, how much fun we have in that, and and showed him some pictures from the tournament, and he was like, "What time of year is that?" And then when I was telling him what time of year is that, he goes, "Man, he goes, uh, that's that's actually I got I got some good open time and in, in that time of the year." And I said, "Well, that's great." I said, "Look, if you ever want to come up, you know, and yeah. fish, I'd love love to take you." You know, so we'll go try to catch some fish and. And so that's kind of how it all started, you know, after him seeing the pictures and all that kind of stuff. And he's obviously, he's caught sheep's head before. I mean, I don't right. know if there's a fish that swims that he hasn't <laughs> caught. Well, if you need a camera boat, let me know. I'll get Roger and uh, we'll hook you up. Yeah, Uh-oh. yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so uh, he said that he had done a sheep's head show before, and I think it was in Destin. 
Okay. And he said he, he called the show The Light Biters. Um, the Light Biters, sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. going to find out. <laughs> yeah. So it should be fun. And uh, and he's a lot of fun. And I, and I can tell you this, when you talk to him, he, you know, because a lot of times when you meet people that are quote unquote a celebrity, mm-hmm. and uh, and I've been around a lot of them throughout because of football, mm-hmm. and some of them are, are jackasses and some of them are great. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's I'm just, sure. Just how, I mean, just, just like you meet regular people. I mean, right. some people aren't great and some people are. Mm-hmm. And he's one of the greatest quote unquote celebrities that I've ever met just because from the moment we started the conversation up, it was like I was talking to us, one of right. us. You know, just That's talking cool. fishing. Well, I had the, I had the opportunity to meet him a couple of times um, at various boat shows. Uh, the old industry I used to be in. Um, he was working a booth for Interstate Batteries, I think it was. And same thing, Jeff. You just walk up and talk to him, and he talked about fishing and yeah, he's a guy and, and everything. Yeah, he was a super nice guy. Yeah, super super nice. And so we got a lot of good questions that we're going to ask him. And uh, and one of the one of the main questions that I'm dying to know. Does the University of Tennessee give him the hats for free? <laughs> and how many does he have? <laughs> exactly. Because I mean, he's always got a new one on. Oh, yeah. You know, you know and, the, and the beauty of his celebrity is that if he ever wanted to go incognito, all he's got to do is take the hat off. Yeah, that's right. You're, you're probably take the, take the glasses and the hat off. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're good. I mean, if, if, he, if, he, if Bill Dance were to walk down the street, okay, and he's wearing regular glasses – and wearing street clothes, would you recognize him? No. No. I don't even know what no. his head hey looks there, like. Hey there, pal. You know, you kind of look like <laughs> yeah, that's right. You kind of look like that guy Bill Bill Dance. Who? Do you like to fish? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we got a lot to get that, to. Yeah, we do. Uh, on that and uh and then we also need to do a weather and the tides and let's do that and then we'll come back and we'll talk a little cobia. Okay. With Steve, uh do a weather and a tides and let's start out with the weather forecast brought to you by the bearded pig, and matter of fact, uh, ate there on Wednesday night. And yes, I the, had the usual. The Jack's Beach. The Jack's Beach, Beach location. Yeah. Yep. Uh, me and my boy Bo, uh, Bo Selly, and I met there and okay. had a little dinner. And uh, here's the synopsis. I bet there was some food consumed. Oh, buddy. <laughs> buddy. Uh, all right, here it is today. West winds 10 to 15 knots, increasing to 15 to 20 yes. early in the afternoon. Oof. Mm-hmm. Then uh, diminishing to 10 to 15 late in the afternoon, seas th- 3 to 4 feet with a 12-second interval. Tomorrow, northwest winds 10 to 15 knots, seas 3 to 4. Monday, north winds 5 to 10, 2 to 3. Tuesday, north winds 5 to 10, 2 to 3. Oof. Yeah. Tide support brought to you by Angie Welcome Subs. Welcome to fall. Yeah. Swing into Angie Subs on Tuesday. Grab me a, a Dr. Bang Scrippy to go. Fantastic as always. Never disappointed in Angie Sub. Didn't have time to grab the French fries. Oh, had to grab the sub ask. to go. Wow. Which was a bummer. That's but, disappointing. Uh, I'll be back this week. Trust me. Love the Peruvian. Oh, man. The Peruvian's. Mm. Oh, now you did it. <laughs> Today at 10.09 a.m. <laughs> that's a low tide. That's going to be a 1.3 at Mayport. And this is the Mayport Bar Pilot Dock. And then this afternoon at 4.44 it's going to be a 5.01 high tide. That's your tide support brought to you each and every week by Angie Subs. All right, let's take a break here on the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. We come back. We're going to talk to Mr. Steve Donaldson of the South Atlantic Marine Fisheries Commission. He is on the panel for Cobia and Mackerel. We're going to talk about some of the uh, amendments, proposed rule changes, et cetera, right here on the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. 
Welcome back to the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. Jeff Lagerman, Captain Kirk Waltz is on hiatus. He is in Pennsylvania. By the way, it's my turn. I did my October for you guys, okay? Oh, oh you go off next week? <laughs> uh, two weeks, thank oh, you. Where are you going? You going to Indiana? Yep. All right, all right. Well, nice. favor's here. Mm-hmm. And uh, sitting in for Captain Kirk Waltz here for a little bit this morning, Mr. Steve Donaldson, who sits in on the panel of the South Atlantic Marine Fisheries Commission for COBIA and also for mackerel. Uh, give people an idea what that is, what that panel is, what uh, what your role is with it. Sure. Thanks, guys. And I really appreciate you having me on. Um, I really do. So the, the, the panels were set up a few years ago uh, to help give recreational fishermen and commercial fishermen more of a voice in different legislation that's coming down the pipe, um, kind of hear our opinions of what we feel is going on, what affects us. Um, again, we don't write law, we don't pass law, but we do make recommendations and, and open it up for discussion. Um, there's how, how did you, before you get a little bit more involved, how did you get involved with that? I mean, how, I mean, how does all of a sudden you end up on that panel? Does somebody call you? Somebody knows you? Is this, uh, uh, I mean, just, it's kind of interesting. How did that work? So, you know, being in, in the fishing industry, like we all are and being around fishing tournaments and, and, and marine science, um, I, I, I've known a few people on the FWC. Um, one of my good friends is Erica Robbins. You guys, or Erica, sure. sorry, Burgess. Erica Burgess, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you guys all have talked to Erica. Um, when, a, when a panel opening came up, she thought of me. Um, you know, I've got some marine science background, um, also fishing background. And she was like, you know, I think you'd be perfect for it. You're really into king fishing. You're really into cobia. <clears throat> We've got this opening. You'd be interested. And, you know, you do have to get appointed. So there is applications, and, and they do have to kind of vote on pointing it to that panel. You. Yeah. So that's how I got on. Um, and it's, it's been a great experience. I've met a lot of really nice people. Um, it's kind of opened my eyes more on the commercial side for what their pain points are and also on the recreational side and truly hearing, you know, how this, how these laws roll out and, and what they hear and what they don't hear mm-hmm. and what mm-hmm. concerns us. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I always I always start all these conversations with you know this isn't the Steve Donaldson law, I don't pass this stuff. I just can explain to you the details of it, um, but but you make recommendations. Correct, correct. Right. And we can make and, and, we can make motions to the commission. Right, and, and, and a lot of back. and a lot of those recommendations Steve that Steve has uh, comes from us. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know because he's all the time ha- having meetings with Kirk and myself and other charter captains and and other recreational fishermen. fishermen. Yeah. yeah. You know I mean so. You know, he's trying to get a feel for, you know, what people are seeing every day. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't coming just directly what from What they're his seeing, thoughts. what they think, right, what exactly. they feel. Yes. You know, I, mean, I yes. think that, that, and that's obviously important because that kind of goes to, um, uh, obviously, when you're making policy, you should have the understanding and the support mm-hmm. of the people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, we all love to eat seafood, so this isn't to be anti-commercial fishing at all because those guys are all making livings too. Right. And, and so to hear their side of what's going on and to learn what the actual catch amounts are and, and to hear where they're coming from is really kind of opened my eyes to the whole industry. So has, has that, has anything surprised you from the commercial side? Um, they are way more involved than we are. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. No, they, they yeah, are. That's, that's yeah. what I've heard. Yeah. And, and they, they way more organized and they know, and what, they're, they know a, what they're talking about. They know the numbers. They know the lobby group, et cetera. Right. Yep. Yep. And, 
you know, they know it down to the pound of what they're allowed to catch, what they're not allowed to catch, when they can catch it, when they can't catch it, the size of their nets, the size of their hooks. They are way more uh, involved than I th- ever thought they were. I, I And from what I understand, that because the, what you're talking about when knowledgeable, they're knowledgeable, but also organized. Correct. And that's been one of the biggest, I think, impediments to the recreational fishing voice has been the lack of organization. And uh, would that be accurate? Completely accurate. Yeah. And the the folks that are on the panel with me um, for – How many folks are on the panel? Just curious. uh, I think there's 20. Okay. uh, Maybe maybe 22, but it's it's evenly split recreational versus commercial. Um, Some of the the people on the Cobia panel are very invested, um, especially some of the guys from South Carolina. Um, they've been very vocal in what, what, what's going on with their fishery because it is not as good as our fishery. Um, but those guys really, again, they're they're organized. Mm-hmm. There's there's two or three guys up there that, I mean, I'm not. Is there name. is there a huge commercial harvest of cobia? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. yep. Especially in the Gulf. Okay. So um, I mean, again, I'm going to get some of these numbers wrong, but roughly of the allowable catch. 70% in the Gulf, 30% in the in the Atlantic. It's actually like we get 37%. They've got 63 or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so more more so in the Gulf than over here. Okay. Just because of, of the depth and where the fish are. You know, we, we tend to chase cobia more here mm-hmm. than we do target them. In the spring, we target them. Right. But it's they're, they're more targetable, if that's a word. Yep. Uh, yeah. In the Gulf than here. Yeah, the, I think it's interesting, too, that uh, when, when we talk about the, the recreational – folks and then we talk about the commercial folks i, I don't I'm not, i don't want to give people the impression that we're trying to pit the, the two entities or the two parties against each other i mean that's, that's no, not what not, this is all about no, we're not, not trying to say well you know because i think a lot of people sometimes come to the conclusion and i think it's improper that okay if there's a shared basket of what we all get to catch okay that it's a fight between the recreational folks and then the commercial folks, no, 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 you got too much. I want more, kind of a thing. I don't, and that, that's not what it is. No, and that's one of the big takeaways I've taken away from the panels is uh, it's really not. They're they're in it with us, you know. I mean, yes, they're going to want more because that's how they make their living. And but th- there's never been there's been very few moments where there's been any kind of animosity or back and forth between the commercial guys and the recreational yeah, it, guys. It, it, the, the reality is. Is there's a limit for everybody? Mm-hmm. You, you, there's a limit for the commercial guys. There's a limit for the recreational guys. I mean, yeah. that's just, you know, it's not like they're just going out there and catching every fish they can and bringing back these boatloads of fish. I mean, like you said, they they know that by the pound yep. of what they can harvest. Well, like Jeff and I were talking earlier before the show, Spanish mackerel, for example, they know how much they're allowed to catch, and they know when they don't catch that amount, they want to go get the rest of it, and legally they can do that. So part of what they talk about in the panel is you're not allowing us enough time or enough resources to go catch that allotted amount that you say we're allowed to catch. Let's let's pass some legislation so we can do that. Well, that's kind of what we're trying to do on the recreational side. Show us what what's out there. Tell us what we can catch. And if we if, if we don't catch that that many fish, what can we do to catch more? But, right. Or if it's the opposite, no one wants Kobe to go away. Right. right? So if they are hurting and we do need to make some changes. Let's talk about that mm-hmm. because when they take from the recreational anglers, they also take from the commercial anglers. And again, that's one of those takeaways from being on the panel that I didn't think about or know before. So, 
Amendment 32, mm-hmm. which is uh, some of the, the material that we have in front of us right now, is a uh, because you got to basically it's a, this is a public hearing summary October 2021. What is the amendment 32? So it's it's been a process over a, a year and a half. Um, they've been having public hearings up and down the east coast of Florida and the Gulf, um, getting feedback and getting input from from anglers, commercial and recreational, um, based on the most recent stock assessments. So. The stock assessment for Cobia that came back was not as good as we had hoped it would be. Um, that's, that's for a number of reasons. Um, you know, Kevin, as a as a as a charter captain, you have to you have to tell them what you catch, right? You have yeah. a logbook, you got to turn it in. If I go fish, I can, but most recreational anglers probably don't. Right, right. So, the 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 the, the numbers that they have are what they get. And the stock assessment is showing that the stock is down. That's in the Gulf and the Atlantic. So Amendment 32 is recommending changes to bag limit, vessel limit, and size in federal waters of Cobia based on those numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, last time I was on the show, we were talking about Cobia and that we were trying to say, hey, we've got our own special group of fish here off the East Coast, right? Different than the Gulf. Well, what they, what they have found is these satellite tags, they've tagged these cobia off the east coast of Florida, are popping up in the Gulf. So, same fish. Same fish. So, scientifically, they can't say, well, there's, there's, there's no way these fish from the Atlantic coast or east coast of Florida aren't mingling with the Gulf fish. And because of the reduction in the number of fish during the survey, they're putting them all together in one big batch. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why the change is coming in federal waters. And again, it's an amendment. It's not passed yet. It's got to go before the commission and then Congress. And, and that's a whole nother process, but that's what amendment 32 is saying. And okay. again, it's, it's pretty beefy. Um, I, I'm happy to post a copy of it on the website. And, for everybody. And what, what is the amendment? What are they asking well, us let, to do? Uh, well, well, and let's take a break. Okay. And okay. We come back okay. and we'll get into the specifics. That's a tease right there. Of exactly <laughs> what Amendment 32 is, what the recommend, because this is essentially what this is a recommended change. Correct. To the recreational fishing uh, structure for Cobia. So when we come back, we'll talk about what those numbers are and, uh, and more right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. So I got a phone call this week. It's my brother-in-law, and he's like, "Hey, man, because I I gotta I gotta get that stuff in my garage." Like, what do you, that's what do you mean? he goes, <laughs> he goes, that stuff that you did in your garage. He goes, it's awesome. He goes, I and he's building a house. He goes, I, I we gotta get that in our garage. So, all right, so I gave him Curtis's number, and he called up Shark Coatings, and now he's gonna have a Shark Coatings garage. And Very he's cool. Fired up next week. They're gonna come knock it out. So, folks, if you want to take your garage to the next level, or an outdoor patio, or really driveway if you want to do your old driveway go right ahead shark coatings is the place to go for incredible industrial surface coatings for concrete all right welcome back to the nimnik chevrolet outdoor show mr steve donaldson is in here he sits on the panel of the south atlantic marine fisheries commission for cobia and also uh, the uh, king mackerel right is that king mackerel 
It's or just, is it mackerel it's, it's of all mackerel, species? Mackerel, so king mackerel, Spanish mackerel. All the mackerel. Zero. Okay. So, Amendment 32, we talked about cobia and what the reports are is that uh, some of the numbers are saying, at least the numbers that, that have been received, the numbers are down a little bit. So, you have, hence, Amendment 32. So, what is the proposal in 32? So, if you've ever read one of these, uh, Jeff and Kevin, they're they're – they're pretty beefy. It's a 40-page document, and there's all these different scenarios. So um, I, I've got some kind of bullet points of, of what's actually going to be proposed, <clears throat> not, not to go through this line by line. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, we're, look, we're on, the, on the third page here. You can see where the, the catch numbers have consistently been going down, <clears throat> excuse me, over the last 20 years, um, which is why this, this even came up. But the, the, the highlights are, this is just for federal waters now, so that's three miles and out, right? Right, not state waters. Um, one of the one of the proposed items in the amendment is limiting the number of fish per person to one fish per person. It mm-hmm. was two fish, and then two fish per vessel. So that's a big change in federal waters. Uh, as you guys know, in state waters, we've been at one fish per person for a while, right? Um, but but the boat limit's not not two per per vessel, right? Now, yeah, the again, pre, the pre, basically, I think. If, if, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but uh, the 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 limits before, if you had ten people on your boat, you could have twenty fish. No, 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 six max. Six, six on the max. boat was the max. Yeah, that's okay. the max. Yeah, just want to make sure yeah. get that clarified because I mean, a lot, I didn't know what the boat. Yeah. So we had a boat max of six. So mm-hmm. essentially, what the proposal is doing is is going to be cutting that back, right? Well, that that was in in state water, federal waters. Is what this proposal is for. Okay, so did was federal and state were they matching before? No, no. Okay, so real quick summary: what 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 is the state limit right now currently? It's 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 one per person, a maximum of six. One per purse right. person, right? Maximum six per vessel. So right. Six people on your boat, you can bring back six fish. Right. Okay, and then right. the minimum size. Right. right. Length? So it's one per person with a maximum of six. Okay. okay. And thirty so, three. Thirty-three to the forty. Okay. Now, what is the what's the current federal? Two per. Two per. So total six. Same length. Yes. yes. Same, same vessel limit. Yes. Now the other the other highlight of this amendment is they're proposing to change that length to the fork to thirty-six inches. So from mm-hmm. thirty-three to thirty-six. And, and that's that's a big deal. It is a big deal. That's a big deal because it's um um a thirty-three inch fish is a big fish. I mean, I, I, it really is. I yeah. mean, it's it's a that's a ten twelve pound fish. You know, go to thirty six, man. That's a that's a that's a big fish. That would uh, it's kind of like it, would you compare that to the change in sea bass? When it, because what I'm talking about with sea bass is, yeah. I mean, you go out and you yeah. go bottom fishing for yeah. sea bass. And, I would. And what what did the limit used to be? Yeah, at? ten. Used to be ten. Yep. yep. Now it's twelve. No, it's 13. Or 13. Yeah. Okay, so you used to be able to go and have no problem catching 10s. Yeah. And now you go and it's hard to get a 13 it's sometimes. It's hard. It's, it's, it's very hard. I so, mean. And I'm not saying it's going to be hard to catch a 33-plus inch Kobe, but it's, it's certainly. 36. Or, I mean, 36. But, yeah. I mean, it's a heck of a lot harder to catch a 36 than a 33. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is. And, again, this, this proposal is for federal waters. Now, yeah. they also are at their discretion to match those two, right? So they can say. State's going to follow federal, that and that would be up to the state. That would well, it'd be up to the commission. Would have to go through the state, but yes, right. Um, now, we're fortunate 
on the East Coast, at least this part of Florida, we have that fishery where we chase the rays around the spring. That's all state water. Mm -hmm. So, again, no proposed changes for state waters yet. Um, But if they were to do that, it would be the 36-inch two-per-vessel limit. So yeah. that's the that's the main takeaway from these amendments, um, that that we're actually getting one percent added to our catch amount allotted based on the the stock assessment. When you from, say say who who's getting that added? Uh, I mean we we were at thirty six percent on the East Coast versus okay. the the Gulf. Okay, we're getting one more percent, so we're going to thirty seven percent of the allowable catch. Okay, in federal waters again. This is all federal, so. right? So now, is that, now, where does that 1% come from? What do you mean? Well, I mean, so you're saying you're increasing the catch. Let's just say it's a million pounds. Okay. We're now going to get 370,000 pounds versus 369,000 pounds. Now, is that, I mean, is this, but I mean, is this commercial, recreational, or is it everything. all? Oh, everything. Yeah, okay, it's everything. overall. I got you. And then commercial, the commercial guys are, are held to the same numbers as well on their allowable catch percentages. Interesting. What What do you think? Yeah, Kevin? Well, my, my, my thoughts are is, is first off is that um, I, I think it's interesting what Steve was saying simply for the fact that that we never realized that there was a total catch limit. I mean, a, a total catch count. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize you know, there you, was. You know, you know what I mean? I didn't know that that let's just say in October all of a sudden they go, hey guys, we've got our maximum catch allotment for cobia you can't catch any more cobia you know obviously we, we've we've never done that before right, you right. know um but my my thoughts are oh uh, first off jeff and, and, and i tell people this i mean you first off you know me and i'm not a fish killer i love to eat fish but you know when i, I know kingfish is you know two three per person and and i know people like to stick them and throw them in a box and I, i'm not that guy you know if you want to keep a couple kingfish for dinner or something, mm. fine. If you catch two forty-pound cobia, you're good, bro. Yeah, you don't need. Any you more. know, I mean, yeah. you're good. I, I, I mean, that's just how I am. Um, you know, because I, I have people on my boat. Man, how many can we keep? And I'm like, you know, how how much fish is in that box? You know, we, you got you got eighty pounds of cobia in there. That's sixty pounds of meat. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just the way I think about it. Right. You know, so so the. Be honest with you. Does this bother me? No, it, it doesn't. The, the the thirty six inches is going to be tough, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, you know, here, here's the other deal. It, it, you know, you know, Kirk and I uh, we're big proponents of big nets, you know. And the reason we have these big nets is because the big landing nets, big landing nets, Thank like you. like you yeah. catch bass with, yeah, right. yeah you yeah. know. And 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 that's how we, you know. So you're not sticking the fish. No, you're not sticking. So you the can fish. take a look at yeah. it, measure yeah. it, and go from there. Absolutely. You know, I mean, so, um, but I will tell you this, looking at these numbers and, and looking at it for somebody who fishes every day during cobia season, when, you know, obviously we have a different cobia season in the wintertime, but when we're out there, um, I, I, look, Kirk and I compared numbers this year. I caught one keep, keeper cobia this year. One. Yeah. I mean, I normally catch 30 to 50 a yeah. year, you know, um, you know, so it's and, and and last year wasn't any better. I mean, it probably caught five or six, and the year before that, probably seven. So, looking at these numbers, they 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 match what I've seen, right? You know, and and yeah, you go back to nineteen ninety and and ninety six on these on this chart. Yeah, because the charts are showing back in the nineties. It, it was it was unbelievable off the chart good. Off, yeah, it was yeah. off the chart good. Yeah. yeah, but 
we didn't have near the first off for for us locally. We didn't have near the people here. No, or the a lot near, more people. Uh, you know, or or you know, very few people fishing for cobia. You know, I mean, you know, you you were talking to Fred Miles, and you know, we started we we would start charter fishing on May first. We didn't hardly do anything in 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 March and April, but all of May was chasing rays. Mm-hmm. That's that's what we did, and and I mean. All, at that time, when you talk to the old timers, they say yeah. it was nothing to pull up to a ray, you know, back in the eighties, nineties, whatever, and then you would have fifteen, twenty fish on a ray. Easily, yeah, easily, yeah. And 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 uh, you know, we, uh, I don't know, it just seemed to, to, to be easier to find rays because first off, there's 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 three boats out there. Yeah, not <laughs> not you know, fifty. There's there's yeah, there's there's one on the tide line at Mayport. There's somebody at Nassau Sound, and you know. I mean, so so the pressure on the fish is, well, is and that's one thing, Kevin, that different. I that I, I brought up at the last panel meeting. Um, unfortunately, we haven't met in person in a while because of COVID. But um, one of the things that never got talked about was why why there's so many more people fishing for cobia. And I was the only person on the panel to say, raise my hand and be like, I'll tell you why we can't fish for anything else. Right? Yeah. You, and again, I don't want to get on a political soapbox or anything and t- start talking about snapper, but you took away red snapper. There's no grouper. These people are buying boats now, and Kobe were easy to catch. Mm-hmm. You're you're two miles off the beach. You put a ladder on your center console on the front of your boat, and you're you're in. Mm-hmm. So everyone starts fishing for Kobe and kingfish. And it's exciting. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's you know it's and sidecast. They're, and they're cool. great to eat. Yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah, to eat. They're great and to eat. Very. A lot of fun to catch, and it's visual, and mm-hmm. I mean, doesn't get any better than that. So uh-huh. the numbers, the numbers show that. Yeah, that, that in the last eight to ten years, more people were tar- were targeting cobia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you so, could. So with this amendment, okay, so the amendment is essentially a proposal. Mm-hmm. So this proposal will eventually change the the regs, correct? The federal regulations, correct? Okay, and what steps does it have to go through? Between now for it to become, I guess, would be law, right? Yeah. So uh, over the last six to eight months, um, the folks from the council have been going up and down the, the Gulf Coast and the East Coast, holding public hearings, getting comment from fishermen, commercial and recreational, <clears throat> um, and then taking that feedback and and writing the amendment. So. The reason I bring that up is, and Kevin and I have gone back and forth about this, the turnout for those hearings have been very low. Um, I don't know if recreational anglers feel like they've been burned in the past, no one's listening to them, but based on that public feedback and public comment, they're writing these amendments and proposing to change the regulations. Now, those meetings are over. We had one supposed to be two weeks ago here in Jacksonville. Nobody showed up. Mm-hmm. Right, wrong, or indifferent, that, that happened. That's what we were talking about from the, the organizational aspect right, right. when you compare commercial versus recreational. Right. So uh, public comment is still available online. And, again, I'll share that link with everybody um, on, on the website um, through the end of December. So that's the, that's the last gateway before it goes before the commission for the commission to vote which then it would go forward to be passed into law. Yeah. So now the, what, three or four months, Jeff, to answer your question, would probably be a good time. Okay. So a lot of the uh, the process of 
making an amendment going to to become law is um, I think is pretty interesting in that as the aspect of who comes up with the numbers because that's kind of the foundation of what this reaction is because this is a reaction. Okay, you got you got numbers. Okay. I think the biggest thing that people haven't trusted, and when you brought up something interesting about how nobody showed up, and I think the red snapper thing was something I think that I think probably caused some of that. No doubt. Because the red snapper. Steve and I had that conversation yesterday. Yeah, I mean, because red snapper, the numbers, I mean, people were seeing it, were like ungodly. And then all of a sudden we see something that changes the regs, and people are like, well, what the hell am I doing all this for? You know, I mean, if, if if you know, we spoke up loudly with Red Snapper, with yep. Red Snapper, and and you're going to change it anyway. Shut it down. Yep. So, what's the sense of even going to a meeting? So, I know, I know, we don't have time to go into all the science behind rebuilding a population of fish, right? But that's really where they get a lot of this information from. So, if you look at the size, the breeding size of a cobia, for example, if the if the wildlife scientists say it needs to be 36 inches. That's why they, that's how they come up with that size limit. Mm-hmm. Like at 33 inches, they're not mature enough to be reproducing to rebuild the stock. Does that take a year? Does that take 10 years? I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's, um, I think that's an interesting question. Let's take a break. Okay, we'll come back okay. and we'll talk about okay. size and, and, and the politics of this and, and also the emotion of it because uh, I think that's an interesting part of it, especially with the experience that we went through with Red Snapper. Mm-hmm. In the past, and I think that's definitely impacted where we're at today. So we'll do that and more right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. Welcome back to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. Tire Outlet, folks, has a tire for you, and it doesn't matter whether it's your car, truck, SUV, golf cart, lawnmower, you name it, they've got it. That tire outlet, uh, so just call any of the locations all around Jacksonville, and also they can come to your location because they have a mobile unit, mm-hmm. and Danny Which can take care way of cool. Way cool. Way cool. Well, don't forget, uh, oil changes, you name it, they can do it all, everything except for transmissions. And right. you know what? And they know what they're talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, you, can, yeah. You, can get, you can get tires at a lot of places, but <laughs> you're not going to get them from people who actually know what they're talking yeah. about. Yeah, uh, exactly. You can start talking to tires to Danny. You're oh, like, okay, Danny. Uh, enough. I've been talking with Danny a bunch, man. The uh, the the Nimnik Yoda yeah. is uh, almost finished with its with its stage at Tire Outlet. That's nice. Cool. And uh, so we're we're almost complete. So we'll, when do we get pictures. to see it, man? I saw it's it. coming soon. I saw it real. I, yeah, yeah it's soon. awesome. I, th- I thought it was like the Canadian girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, it was a beautiful oh, girl in Toronto. All right, uh, Jeff Lagerman, Captain Captain Favor, and Mr. Steve Donaldson, who is sitting in with us for a little bit this morning. Uh, don't forget, folks, we have Mr. Bill Dance will be joining us here on this show here in about uh, about thirty six minutes, and I'll be excited to have him on. And, and very thankful, Steve, that you came in. We're talking about Amendment Thirty Two, which is a proposal which will change the regulations for Cobia. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were talking about the process itself of how this amendment goes into law and how this all comes about, essentially how this process has worked, and it's kind of very similar for a lot of fish, is that the stock assessment is always kind of the the beginning point. Correct. And then when you have a stock assessment, which a lot of people debate the numbers and what the stock assessment numbers are, and some people don't trust it, 
totally understand that part of it. So then once you find out where the stock is at, then you you have to take some type of action. I mean, that's the Magnuson-Stevenson Act that says that you must take action mm-hmm. based upon what the stock assessment is for from, from a number standpoint. So there's a process that's involved. And I think that the we were talking earlier about, okay, the reaction of it. Okay, now we put out some proposals, et cetera. And how, and you also mentioned about how in Jacksonville there was a meeting about Kobe and nobody showed up. And I'd mentioned about the, I think there's a lack of trust in the process because of what happened with Red Snapper, how that was talked about and people came and gave their input and then all of a sudden closed. I went to Washington, D.C. Yeah. (laughs) And, And now, I mean, you people go out and go offshore fishing and I mean, and, and the red snapper are like, Holy cow. And then uh, the most recent one. Okay. Let's talk about flounder. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Flounder. Okay. We're, we're going to bump up the size to 14 and I was totally for that. Yep. Like we all were. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're cool with that. Yep. Now let's go ahead and institute a closure. Whoa, wait a minute. Well, and, and we went from 10 to five per boat. Yep. Per, 10, yeah. 10 to five. And yep. I, okay. Yep. We were okay with that. Yep. Now we're going to put in a closure. Mm-hmm. Um, not okay with that. Nope. None well, of us were. Because, you know, our the whole thing with that was show me the science behind that. Why are we trying to close it for us in this window? And the window of closure originally was 30 days. 30 days. So then the reg comes out. It's not 30 days. Oh, no one ever said anything about this. No. It oh. became what? 45 days. 45 days. Yeah. So, I mean, what the hell? I mean, seriously, that's what—that's the attitude of a lot of fishermen right now so, when so, it comes to so all these amendments and changes I, I just, and regulations. I, I, just, I just want to say this. Somebody's listening to our show when we had Eric on, okay? And they're talking about the closure. And the proposed closure was 30 days, and when it came out, it was 30 days. So guy goes – Flounder fishing, who's listened to our show on October 16th and catches a five-pound flounder, oh, he's excited. He throws it in the box. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people didn't know, Jeff. No. I mean, they didn't know mm-hmm. that all of a sudden they changed it to That wasn't even days. part of the recommended no. proposal. They just, that was they didn't just, know. And, and, I remember the Facebook post popping up. You better let that go. You yeah. the pictures it, of their flounder. Now, and we, we were having a discussion about this off air. You know, the science behind the closure is based on when those – bigger females are coming in shore to breed, mm-hmm. which we all want. You know, we want to help the population. Um, but the explanation of that to everybody is one of the missing pieces of all this. Either they think we won't understand it or they don't want to tell us. But but if that's the fact, and it needs 45 days, tell us it needs to be 45 days. To your point, Jeff, right? Yeah. Don't tell us 30 days and all of a sudden you, oh, hey, it's 45. Mm-hmm. So that's one, that's one of the reasons why I think we're having such – poor turnout at these, I, at these and, meetings. And to be honest, I never felt that so, some of these meetings, et cetera, that there was ever an ear. There's not. And I, I almost felt like it was just, well, you know, it's painful and we got to go through this. I mean, and, it, it, in the beginning, we all went to them. <laughs> we did because we thought we well, could make a difference, yeah. you know? And, and, and man, going to them and, and listening to some of the commercial guys speak, and and the recreational guys, I mean, they were they they were good, man. They had their stats, yeah. but it but for us, it just didn't feel like it. It, it, it didn't change anything. Yeah, they, and it's, they, I think that's the part of, I think to get a lot of people frustrated, and you know, and and 
I guess the the lesson in all of this is that you you can't get frustrated and you still got to stay involved because right. if you when you when you when you become carefree and careless and you could care less, then that's when things aren't going to get done. That- Correct. Well, and that's where that's where I feel like the advisory panel can help. Um, I spent a lot of time talking to um, one of the folks that's that's in charge of the advisory panels. She works for the, for the council. Um, you know. And she even said it. She's like, Steve, it's not your job to get people to come to these meetings. Well, I feel like it kind of is. You know, I'm I'm here. I'm talking to you guys. I talk to the fishermen. I go to the tackle shops. If 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 I can get people to turn out, I can get people. You know, I mean, I can ask Kevin, hey, can you grab ten people to come Tuesday night to you know Hurricane Wings or whatever? Yeah, we can do that. Um, so, and she even admitted there 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 was a disconnect there with these particular hearings. Mm-hmm. They had two folks just go up the East Coast pop in a couple tackle shops and set up these meetings. There's no advertising. There's no going to the fishing clubs. There's no coming on the outdoor show. Mm-hmm. Um, all things that, that I can do as a panel member that I didn't do. Mm-hmm. So moving forward, I'm going to start doing that. Yeah. And if only 10 people show up, only 10 people show up. But at least we're getting the word out there, right? Right. right. Well, interesting. Uh, l- all right, let's take a break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to do an LV Hires, Inc. gear tip of the week. Uh, sitting in studio, Jeff Logman, Captain Kevin Favor, Mr. Steve Donaldson, who sits on the panel for Cobia and also Mackerel for the South Atlantic Marine Fisheries Commission. And I want to make sure that everybody knows, hey, look, if you need a piece of equipment, coastal equipment on New Kings Road and in McClenny, the home of Kubota, Gravely Zero Turn Mowers, Hot Sea Pressure Washers, and all the steel power equipment, both locations, and their parts department is impeccable. So give them a call if you need any kind of parts for any of those materials there. And if you'd like to join us here this morning, 904-641-1010, right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. First off, we'd like to welcome Captain Kirk Waltz into the show as we do our LV Hires, Inc. gear tip of the week. Good morning, Captain Kirk. Good morning, Jeff. Long Kevin, time, long time. Chris, your first time calling. Uh, we gotta and we gotta bring him up because uh, we're, we're doing our. That's great. <laughs> LV Hires Inc. Gear Tip of the Week. LV Hires supplies quality fuels and lubricants all across the area and across the southeast. So if you've got a job site or business that depends on fuel, that's the place to call. LV Hires Inc. And also, don't forget that they also do all kinds of lubricants and fuels, and also they handle the tanks and the monitoring, etc. Go to lvhires.com to learn more. This week's gear tip, Captain Kirk likes it for bow hunting. A rangefinder from Bushnell, available at Bass Pro, which, oh, by the way, happens to be a major sponsor of Mr. Bill Dance. I'm sure, yeah. Who is going to be joining us here at the 8.30 hour, I guess you could say. And looking forward to talking to him. And Captain Kirk, uh, this rangefinder, did you utilize the rangefinder off of the back porch up there in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Brother, you have no idea how tempted it was. I mean, I had that debate for a period of time. Well, it, it, got, give, it give, got unreal out here. I want to give people an idea. Well, Kirk is up in Pennsylvania. Kate, his wife, lovely wife, is from her mom's house. And right. they got a little back porch, and there's a, a section of woods right behind the house. And Captain Kirk, and I, I was talking to him earlier this week, and he's shooting us texts. He's got bucks chasing around in the backyard and squirrels within a matter of feet. And I know he's got his crossbow with him. And he's got his bow. (laughs) I'm like, 
Okay. Yeah. Well, when are you going to start letting an arrow fly? And he's like, man, well, these know, ladies would kill me I if the, I did. I brought the crossbow and the Matthews. And the Matthews, I got it all tuned up, and it's uh, thanks to Rick over at Strike Zone. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty bad. And I sent y'all a text with some pictures, I guess, last week where I sighted it in and put like ten arrows in a, a five-inch group. And I was like, well, I think that's pretty tuned yep, up. You that's know? good. Okay, now that was your regular bow, right? Uh, yep. And, and I, that's a new bow. And I what was the distance on that group? That was at 25 yards. Oh, money. Yep. So, you know, put a new sight, some new sight pins on it and, you know, get it tuned up. And as you well know, part of bow hunting is knowing the range and the distance of what you're going to shoot. And when you get up here in the hills of Pennsylvania, you've got to be able to have some compensation. And, and, and what I'm talking about is angle range. You know, it's not always the same. Kevin, we've talked about this a bunch. Jeff, Absolutely. You know, when I was up in Kentucky and you're up in Indiana and you're shooting down the sides of those, we call them mountains because they're mountains to us. But when you're shooting down those giant hills, there is a difference in shooting, a, you know, a tree at 800 yards and a deer at 600 yards. You know, there's yeah, because, a reflection there. Because the, the, the crazy thing is, Kirk, whenever if you walked it off, if you're, if you're looking down the mountain and you walked it right. off, it would be 60 steps. It's basically right. 60 yards. But when you range it with your rangefinder, it's thirty. Yeah, which is the craziest exactly. thing. You know? yeah, that's why they, yeah. th- this rangefinder that Kirk is talking about from Bushnell it's a Prime thirteen hundred that has what is called an arc feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, or that's right. Uh, arc is an acronym for angle range compensator. That's right, and it's really important. And it was kind of ironic, uh, Kylie giving me a range uh, finder a couple, I don't know, eight or nine years ago, and I pretty much just wore it out. I got up here and these bucks walked in the backyard and I whipped it out and I was like, oh crap, it, it doesn't work. So, you know, Bass, you whipped first what out? right around the corner. <laughs> I'm kind of concerned there. Huh? You might want to clarify. Show just took a turn. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a term there that's not. It always does. <laughs> it, it always, always does, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the, the range finder that I had that Kyle had given me was broken. And so I had to go over and get a new one. So I went through and shopped for these and they had a you know, you get the Bass Pro, and there's probably they had probably ten or fifteen different varieties. And the one I picked was this one because I like the what you were talking about, the arc on it, Jeff. You know, you know. So when you're shooting at an angle of 32 yards, like you were talking about, Kevin, which is line of sight, yep. the true yardage is 23 yards, mm-hmm. the true distance. And you've got to be able to know that when you're shooting at an angle with your bow. And it's just critical. And, and it wasn't really expensive. I think I paid $179 for this thing. But um, I like the clarity of it. Um, the, the ease of use. It's got rubber both on the top and the bottom. And then if you notice, it's got a little crease on the back end. So when you grab it, it's just not totally square. You can actually get your thumb up into a little crease. And it helps you to hold the thing steady. Right. Um, a lot of times you get excited when you see an animal come in. The, the, one, thing, to... the, the one thing that um, I, I have a loophole, and, it, it, and oh. I, I've had it forever, but the one thing that, that I don't like about my loophole is the size and the weight. It's, yeah. it's, it's you know, I, I see so many guys, you know how they'll, they'll have a, what, what, 
they'll have it to their chest. Yeah. You know, and, and they could just pick up the rangefinder mm-hmm. and, and you couldn't do that with mine. I mean, it's it's just too, too heavy, heavy. Yeah. Too heavy. Too yeah, big the, for that. Bushnell makes a great product. Yeah. I mean, yeah, all, that, all the Bushnell stuff. I mean, for the most part, affordable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you get good value for 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 what you pay. Yeah, because for. their trail cameras are great too. Yes. Yep. Very good. Yep. There you go. So, yeah, that's it. Here's your all right. So, uh, what are you deer hunting? Well, we were going to deer hunt today. Front came in yesterday, and man, it has been nasty. Yeah. Um, it blew 20 to 25 yesterday in between periods of just torrential rain, uh, rainfall. Um, they've had a flood, flood watch. It's been pouring down rain this morning. It's doing kind of the same thing, but you can see the front starting to push through. So I'm hoping this afternoon we can get out in the woods. Um, ironically enough, yesterday I, I was sitting and I never saw a deer all day. Not a squirrel, not a deer, not nothing, not a zip, zip, zip. <laughs> Should have stayed on the and, back porch. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know how that is. But um, I'm hoping that this afternoon we can get back in. And I was actually looking forward to the weather breaking tonight, Jeff, Kevin, and, and Chris. But unfortunately, you can't hunt on Sundays in Pennsylvania. Isn't that uh, crazy? Virginia used to have the same yeah. the same reg. North, North Carolina. Carolina. North, North Carolina is the same thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because you're supposed you to be know, in church, Kirk. Well, no. You know why they do that, Chris? No. Be- because the farmers, uh, they want the farmers to uh, be allowed the luxury on the weekends to go out and walk their farms with their families and have picnics without the threat of gunfire. But, well, and that happens a lot. Sunday picnics on there's farming a butt in there. property in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. on Sunday. But you can shoot coyotes, foxes, and crows on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I saw that and I just laughed. I'm like, y'all, I'm like, really? You got to be kidding. So, I know, you know that uh, Kirk, when uh, when we used to hunt Fargo and was there with Mr. Bill and Miss Patricia, and mm-hmm. I mean, look, if, if, if we were going to church, we did it in camo. Yeah. We'd go yeah. hunt. Oh, we yeah. go hunt for a little bit and then come out of the stand and Go to church and then just go right back to the deer. Sure, stand. yeah, sure, yeah. And the yeah. the pastor at the church was like, "Camo's cool, mm-hmm. long as your yeah, long as your there's, fanny's there's, in." There's the, a lot of the churches pews. that hold service at five thirty yeah. in Georgia. So yeah, all guys good. can go to church and then yeah. go right straight to the stand. There you go. <laughs> so the prettiest day it looks like tomorrow. Uh-huh. Uh, we're not going to be able to hunt. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday look like prime days. Awesome. So I got to tell you something. I've been coming up here for a long time. You know, and her parents have an acre of land that rolls into a a drain into the back of the house, like a draw, and it and it's a green zone that runs down all behind these houses back here, and it splits into a Y, and there's a creek. Now I've always seen does in here, always. Um, you know, I come up here, I always go. The first thing I do is go to Bass Pro and get a salt lake, and throw that on the ground back there. And her brother Mike, who is really good at planting things has planted red berries back here he's got wild strawberries he's got wild raspberries he's got um a, a fire bush which they love and we've got maple trees he planted a crab apple tree kevin uh, uh-huh. so you got all these draws and so we come out here wednesday morning and his her brother shows up and we walk out here with cups of coffee and we're sitting on the deck and i look back there and i'm going Am I seeing things? And Mike goes, oh, my God. He goes, that's a big deer. So there stands a very large six-point. And I think you called me, Jeff, and we were talking on the phone, and I was like, 
unbelievable. And this went on, guys, for hours. <laughs> From the time like the I sun said, came man, up, hang your deer stand, <laughs> let it rip, <laughs> man. Right. Suburban hunting. Jeff, it was killing me. I mean, <laughs> Kevin, this big buck came in, and he had four on one side, and then I guess he had gotten hurt on his right because his left side had a giant brow time and then these big giant white forks that came off. And mm. he was very, very large. And That's if awesome. he had been anywhere else on your place, Jeff or mine, we'd all shot him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he was huge. All right. Well, hey, he uh, was king of the hill. All right. We got to take a break. Um, when are you going back out today? Um, it'd probably be this afternoon. All right. Well, you good know? luck. Good luck, buddy. And stay tuned. Uh, We're going to have Mr. Bill dance. Hopefully you got the 1010XL app and you can listen in. I look forward to it. Okay, brother. Thank you and have a great time. Tell uh, Kate and uh, the family we said hi. I'll do it. All right, guys. Take care. See you. See you, Kirk. Captain Kirk Waltz joining us from Pennsylvania. All right, let's take a break. Uh, We got one more segment with Mr. Steve Donaldson and we'll talk to Top Gun. And then uh, after that, we'll move on to talk to Mr. Bill Dance. And uh, folks, don't forget now, if you have a little piece of waterfront heaven, it can become even better. CNH Marine Construction, docks, bulkheads, boathouses, anything to do with that, including boat lifts and maintenance, new construction, remodels, they do it all at CNH Marine Construction. And you're listening to the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Welcome back to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. Hey, a huge shipment of Old Town Kayaks just got in at the Hagen Coastal Outfitter stores and also at the Hagen Ace Hardware stores starting November 15th. They will have fresh cut Fraser furs for Christmas trees. Oh, really? Yeah. Hey, okay. that's, I've gosh, forget about that. I mean, that's a big deal. A lot of times, wow. uh, that that I mean, we're not that far away. No, no. Okay. I, I, I mean, no, Carrie, was, Carrie bought a turkey the other day. I'm like, I guess Thanksgiving is right. Yeah, around. yeah, yeah. And don't, Halloween's tomorrow. Don't forget oh to my gosh, support it is, local. Yeah. Oh, you oh. know, I get, I get so, I mean, like blindfolded by deer hunting. <laughs> you know, I just do because I, you know, I basically wrap up my fishing. And just totally focused on these the, the next three weeks, and so yeah, totally forgot. Halloween. All right, uh, Jeff Logerman, Captain Kem Favor, Mr. Steve Donaldson in here, and Steve, we really appreciate you coming in yeah. and uh, and spending some time with us. Uh, Steve, as folks, is on the panel, uh, which is a panel for Cobia and Mackerel South Atlantic Marine Fisheries Commission, and we appreciate you taking the time to come in and and do this. And it's kind of funny that. Uh, this last segment we're going to have you on because we're going to have Mr. Bill dance on. And, and during the break, he's looking at our call thing, and he's saying, Top Gun. Who, 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 who's Top Gun? <laughs> well, we're going to tell you exactly. You go. That's right. Show you who he is right now. Holy mackerel. I did that for the guest on the show today. <laughs> Thank you. Good morning, Top Gun. And, uh, Good morning. Yeah, and Billy the Kid played a little Tom Petty on the way back in. Just Gainesville, for you. boy. That's appropriate. <laughs> I met him one time. I met him one time about 10 years ago. Who, in Billy a the Kid? House. No, oh. Tom Petty. Oh. Tom Petty. <laughs> I hadn't met Billy the Kid yet. Okay, I thought anyway, maybe you had. Nope. 
I'm not that old. Oh. He was uh, he was sitting at a bar. I saw this long-haired guy sitting at the bar, and I went and sat next to him, and he kind of looked over at me, and I said, uh, hey, you're Tom Petty. And he said, uh, I get that a lot. And I said, yeah, because you're him. Because you're him. I said, dude, I'm a fan. I know what you look like. So he kind of smiled. I didn't. I didn't want to bother him, so I didn't say anything else to him. But it was him. So that was kind of cool. And Captain Kirk, for you, go Gators! Captain Kirk? And Captain Favor. There you go. There you go. I, yeah. Captain Favor, I meant. Yeah. Captain Kirk, I think, is not a Gator. Captain Kirk can care less. Sure. Yeah, he care less. <laughs> yeah. He, he's, when he's busy doing something, he doesn't want, to, he doesn't want you talking to him. Because he's busy. <laughs> Hey, Lodge, last week, yeah. uh, you weren't you weren't on the show. I was not. Again. <laughs> Two in and, a row. And, and Billy the Kid said, he forgot what you look like. And I said, what the what? All you got to do is turn on the television, and when a commercial comes on, you're on there. There you Talking go. Talking about the Jags or pitching a heat and air company. I'm waiting on you to get on the Subway commercial, standing there with a big Subway uh-huh. and going, uh, uh, put this in a sack, and uh, where's Brady? I want to sack him. No, too. that's all. I would have to have a anti sub. And and by the way, yeah. uh, Top Gun, don't be the fil- don't be the filter. Don't be the filter. Don't be the CGC water treatment. Yeah, that's, that's uh, the I, okay. There you go. Ah, see, see, filter see your water, you, you are the filter. Pitch man. There you go. Yeah. Well, well, I I can't forget what you look like because I see you on commercials all the time. Well, hey, hey, hey all Top right. Gun, an update on that. I got to see him this morning, and I wish I'd still forgotten. <laughs> Oh my hey, God! Hey, hey, hey. And Logs, don't come down too hard on the Gators because I believe the Gators are going to give those dogs a game. Today. Oh, absolutely! Look, I, look, I, I, like I said, Top Gun. My my wife's a Gator, and so uh-huh, all good. Cool. I'm I'm rooting for a good game. I but I do have a soft spot in my heart for the University of Georgia, and Kevin understands why. I mean, mm-hmm. years ago, I met Mr. Bill Otmar. Yep. And he was a Georgia Bulldog through and through. And, <laughs> yeah, he I was. mean, big time. Yeah. Yes, and was. so every time well, I think of the University of Georgia and this Florida-Georgia game, and, and when I watch Georgia football, which I don't watch a lot of college football, but I always think of him. Sure. And uh, he was a great man. So that's kind of why. Yeah, well, maybe they'll let you ride on one of those covered wagons they came into town on for the game. So that would be cool. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah, you got him all choked. Wagons, up, <laughs> that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Anyway, the big games at seven thirty uh, tonight. Oh, this uh, Miami, this blonde, Miami, Miami Pit. <laughs> this blonde gets a job with the airlines, mm-hmm. and she meets with the captain on the plane, and he's kind of explaining their duties and all. And he said, "Listen, we don't fly out today. We got a layover." Uh, we'll be flying out at nine o'clock in the morning. So go to this hotel and check in because we get special rates and I'll see you about seven thirty in the morning. She says, okay, she leaves. This would be about eight o'clock in the morning and she hadn't shown up. So he calls the hotel and they ring her room and she's all upset and crying and everything. And he says, what's wrong? And she says, I can't get out of the room. He said, what do you mean you can't get out of the room? She said, there's three doors in here. One goes to the bathroom, and the other one goes to the closet. And the third door I can't open. 
She said, what do you, he said, what do you mean you can't open the third door? She said, it's got a sign hanging on it that says, do not disturb. FDS, <laughs> baby! <laughs> Oh, that, eh, 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 not, not too bad. It can't all be fantastic. Not can't all, be good. all right, uh, Steve, thank you for, yep, for joining us. Oh, thank you guys yeah. for having me. I really awesome. appreciate it. Yep. Any, anytime. And uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk hey, to Mr. Bill just, just real quick, Steve, if, if people want to keep up with, with this, how where, where can they go? So the, the South Atlantic Marine Fisheries has got a pretty good website. It's got links to all this. I'm going to be posting a link to this amendment, so anybody that wants to dig in and read it, they can. Okay. Um, and, and if anybody has any questions for me, my email is easy, stevedonaldson at yahoo.com. And they we'll share that on me. our Facebook page. Sure, sure. Which will also okay. go to Instagram. So whenever you do you know, have a post ready, let us know, and then okay. we'll share it. Okay. Yep. Thanks, Steve. Perfect. Yep. All right, folks, uh, let's take a break here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. And, folks, don't forget, now Stack M Storage. Stack M Storage. If you need a boat trailer to be stored somewhere and taken care of so it's not in your front yard. Trying to make the HOA happy? That's right. Call Stackham Storage, five-point inspection. They'll take care of it. And whenever you need it back, they'll bring it back wherever you need it. And And that's com. And when we come back, we'll talk to Mr. Bill Dance right here on the Nimnick Buick GMC Outdoor Show. Welcome back to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. Jeff Loggeman alongside Captain Kevin Favor. And this song by Luke Bryan is called Bill Dance. And the reason that we're playing it is because Mr. Bill Dance is joining us here this morning. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Jeff. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. I appreciate you coming on with us and uh, taking taking a moment out. I know you got a busy schedule on a Saturday's most time. You're probably fishing. No, my pleasure. We are we're on rainy day here. Rainy, drizzly, cold day in Tennessee, but uh, I'm I'm kind of nestled in this morning. Yeah, it was, was kind of interesting. I was talking to to Bill's daughter about getting Bill on to come on the radio show and. And uh, I just said, hey, look, just whenever some dates come up, you know, it, it'd be great to have them on sometime. And she calls me back. She says, hey, how about this weekend? How about Saturday? I'm like, yeah, okay, <laughs> sure. And, 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 and again, explain to folks, Jeff, how you and, and, and Bill met. We, uh, Bill, Bill, Bill was at ICAST, and, uh, and I was down there with Hagen and checking out all the new equipment. I just gotcha. went up to Bill and I said, Hey Bill, uh, just want to say, I really appreciate what, what all you've done. And to give people an idea, some people might live in a cave mm-hmm. and not know who exactly Bill dance is, but not uh, that listens to this show. Well, I know, I know, <laughs> but, uh, three time BASS angler of the year, mm-hmm. which is amazing. And the first one was the 1970, had another one in 74, another one in 77, has had the longest running and most successful outdoor fishing show on television, which first aired back in 1968. Holy cow, Bill. How old are you and how many shows have you done? Well, we've done, I think they, uh, my secretary was trying to figure that up. I think we've done close to 2,500 in uh, uh, 50 something years of doing outdoor television programming. So we've, we've, we've been around a long time. That that's truly amazing that you've been able to do that many television shows, 
And when you first started out, obviously competitive fishing was the way you started. Do you remember your, your, your first television show though that you did and how did that come about? Oh, I can remember it. Well, uh, I was working for a tackle company at that time, uh, a dream come true. I wanted to go to work in this industry and, uh, the uh, owner of the tackle company, Cotton Cordell, who made a lot of great fishing lures at that time, he, he called me one night and he said, uh, I think we need a fishing show. And I said, uh, well, I had been working with, uh, off and on with a guy by the name of Jerry McKinnon. And Jerry had a very popular show at that time and went on to do shows for ESPN and eventually uh, bought BASS. Uh, mm-hmm. And we lost Jerry about a year ago, but I I wouldn't be doing shows today had it not been for Jerry. But Cotton said, uh, we need a fishing show. And I said, I got just a guy for it. He said, who's that? And I said, Jerry McKinnon. He said, no, I've got somebody else in mind. And I said, well, who's that? And he said, you. And I said, I looked, I looked up and down the, the wall and I said, look, uh, Cotton, I said, me doing it fishing shows like pouring perfume on a pig. I said, I can't even spell television. And he said, well, you better learn how because, and I had learned quite a bit messing around with Jerry about cameras and still had a lot to learn. But Cotton got me a camera. I told Jerry about it. Jerry said, I think it's a good idea. Use what I've, what you've learned from me. And I got with a local guy and he taught me quite a bit with the CBS affiliate here in Memphis. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I started piddling around. I went to the CBS affiliate program director, and he said, no, there's no market for an outdoor show. And then I went to the NBC affiliate, and uh, they said, no. Uh-uh. I said, well, Gat about Gattis had a, a very popular show. And uh, they said, well, I know, but we're, we're not interested. And I kind of came home pretty rejected. And my wife's the most motivated person in the world. She said, uh, well, what about ABC? Aren't they sports-minded? And back, at, back then, they they were and they still are. And I mm-hmm. said, well, you know, uh, I didn't think of that. She said, well, in the morning, you just get up and put you on a coat and tie, and you go over there and you sell. <laughs> and I said, okay. So <laughs> I got up and I, I, I went, and I not thinking or planning, I pop in there about 10 minutes to 12, not thinking that's lunch hour. Uh. And uh, I walked up, and never forget her, Elizabeth, switchboard operator. I said, uh, can I see the program director? And she said, that would be Mr. Lance Russell. Uh, he's going to lunch right now, but he'll be back about two. And uh, I said, well, okay, uh, I'll wait. She said, what? Two hours. And I said, I don't care. I'll, I'll wait. <clears throat> I sat talked to her for a while. She got me some cheese crackers and a Coke, and I sat there, and we talked. And got to know her pretty well. <laughs> and she, uh, <laughs> in that length of time, and uh, told her what I wanted to do, and she thought that was a great idea. And she said, you know, I think Mr. Russell has come up the back steps. He may be here. And she called, and he was. And I went up the steps and down the hall to the third door. And I walked in, and he jumped up, and he said, Bill Dance. 
tired are you? And he pulled a chair off the wall and pulled it right up beside his desk and walked around the desk and shook my hand. He said, have a seat. And just as friendly and nice as he could be, and he said, what have you got in mind? And I told him what I had in mind. We talked there a few minutes, and he said, tell me, tell me the type of format you're talking about. And fortunately, he had done a show at WBBJ in Jackson, Tennessee, and he's very familiar with what I was talking about. And he said, I like it. I like your idea. And he said, well, what we need to do is get a sponsor, and we need a pilot. And I said, a pilot? And I said, I don't even have an airplane. <laughs> and he said, <laughs> he said, both you are green. And I said, uh, let me explain what a pilot is. And he did. And I said, well, I can do that. And he said, okay. He said, I'll help you with a, uh, with a sponsor. Well, in the meantime, I had a sponsor in mind. And he said, let's get together in the middle of next week and uh, see what we can come up with a sponsor. Well, I left and it was a big, big discount house in Memphis called Fabulous Surplus City that sold a fire out of fish tackle and other things, too. And mm-hmm. I knew the guy there, and I got down there, and I walked in, and I said, uh, uh, Billy Woods, let me ask you, would you be interested in fostering a fishing show? And he said, well, our owner and I were just discussing that about buying television time just last week. And I said, well, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, I'm, I was out talking to Lance Russell. Lance Russell? Are you talking about Lance Russell? It does. That emceed uh, the wrestling show, and I said, "Yeah, you know him." And I said, "Yeah, do you know Lance Russell?" <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, you got to be kidding, Bill." And and Billy Woods was a wrestling freak, and he said, "Are you kidding?" And I said, "No, you know Lance Russell." <laughs> it was like, "You know Elvis Presley?" <laughs> and I said, "Yeah." And he said, "My gosh, uh, yes, yeah, we're real interested." And uh, I said, well, would you like to go out and meet? (laughs) Yes. And I said, well, come on, let's get in my truck and we'll run out there and talk to him. Let's go. (laughs) And I thought he was going to wet his pants. And we (laughs) jumped in the truck and we drive out there. And he says, I can't believe I'm going to meet Lance Russell. I can't believe him. I said, well, calm down. And I walked in. I said, Elizabeth, is Lance still here? Yes. I said, ask him, can I come up? And we walked in, and he said, boy, you work fast. <laughs> I said, this is Billy Woods, the manager of Surplus City. Oh, I go down there all the time. I said, he's interested in sponsoring the show. Are you serious? And Billy's standing there with his mouth wide open. He could have thrown a lemon in it. And he said, uh, 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 you Lance Russell. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> and he said, yeah. And he said, sit down, Mr. Woods. Let's talk. And, uh. Anyway, I got a sponsorship, and I started a local show in, in Memphis. And their sister station in Jackson, Mississippi, saw it, and they said, hey, would you do one for us? I said, yeah. And then their sister station, another ABC affiliate in Baton Rouge, WBBJ, Channel 2, said, would you do one for us? I said, sure. And then Paducah, Kentucky, uh, J.C. Penny was in the sporting good business. Also, they sold sporting goods. And they said, would you do one for us? Well, I was doing four markets, 52 weeks a year, 208 shows a year. Good Lord. Oh, my gosh. uh, That's the truth. From Paducah to Baton Rouge. I was using a lot of the same footage. Sure. But I would go go into the markets and uh, tape four shows, but I was doing Memphis Weekly. And uh, 
but I was fortunate. Jackson, Mississippi was the capital, and the governor was a fisherman. Uh, the game and fish was there, the uh, water safety people, and the same in Baton Rouge. So I could pull from there as have it, you know, with guests, and I could uh, pull local fishermen to come in, and I'd go in and line my guests up, and I'd have my footage. And so I did that for several years, and finally, it got to the point where I was just running, trying to fish tournaments and trying to uh, do everything else I was doing. And a company in Little Rock said, hey, you want to syndicate your show? And I said, well, what's that mean? And we syndicated. And I gave my show in Baton Rouge to a buddy of mine. I gave the show in Jackson to a buddy of mine. And then I quit the show in Paducah, kept Memphis for a while, and we did Memphis for, I like to say, for a short period of time, syndicated 50, then syndicated 90 network markets. Syndication skyrocketed price-wise. Then we, when cable was coming on, we went with ESPN mm-hmm. way, way back yonder. And ESPN was a good network, but it just, demographically, it, we just didn't hit that market. So we... uh uh, uh a little network over it. We blanketed the country with ESPN from Canada to Mexico to California to Michigan to Florida to the Carolinas, and but we were we were everywhere. But oh, that, I, I think that's where most people probably got to know you was well, it, ESPN. It oh yeah, and then the little network over in Nashville, Tennessee, popped up. Uh, the Nashville network. Well. They had bull riding. They had NASCAR, and the niche was perfect for us. And we moved there, and we picked up Walmart. We picked up Chevrolet. We picked up some major hitters. And, I mean, we were off and running. For 15 years, we hit the demographic niche was perfect for that B market. And uh, we rocked along there, and then the Gaylord Enterprises, Vicom, uh, uh, I think, bought out uh TNN and network went south, and uh, we eventually went with uh, uh, the Outdoor Channel, the Sportsman Channel, the Discovery Channel, and NBC Sports. And we ran four networks there for a period of time, and then the cost of NBC Sports and the cost of Discovery, we found out our best our best network was the Sportsman Channel for our saltwater show, which we started. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the outdoor channel, and so that's where we are today. So. Well, and, it, and it's been a, a ton of fun to to be Absolutely. able to watch your shows. Yeah. Absolutely, I mean, just, just from a from a from a viewer standpoint, you know, we we all grew up watching you fish and learned so much from you. And uh, well, that's been our that's been our strength, uh, education, and uh, uh, I think when you can educate and entertain at the same time, you've got the best part of both worlds. So we've been fortunate from that standpoint. Well, and 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 folks, we're talking to Mr. Bill Dance, who, who really doesn't really need any introduction. I mean, Bill Dance has been a name in fishing <laughs> and the outdoor industry uh, forever. And and Bill, out of all the shows that you've done, which you've done, as you said, like twenty five hundred some, what was your your favorite show? And and I'm only going to give you one. Oof. And what was Good your Lord. least favorite show? Oh, I can't. You know, when you when you go back to, uh, 
I think some of, uh, I, I, I would have to categorize several of them. I think some of our most memorable shows were some I did with my children. Uh, I think some of uh, our worst shows were our bomb out shows. We've had uh, uh, um, I, th- I think I think I think when you get a good show and you remember it, uh, everything just clicks. I, I, I look back at celebrity shows that I did, uh, memorable shows that, that that I still think about. Memories are the greatest thing. Uh, <laughs> I look back at uh, old timers that are not here anymore. Uh, I remember Dizzy Dean, a great, a great baseball player. Yeah, uh, a lot of people probably don't even know who I'm talking about. But Dizzy Dean, he used to pitch. He was a baseball player, old timey baseball player. He used to he used to travel with Babe Ruth. Uh, they used to do exhibition games. They played together. They played baseball together. Uh, that was a memorable one. Uh, I look at uh, Grand Ole Opry people uh, that uh, are no longer here. Grandpa Jones. I look at uh, uh, entertainers that uh, I've been fortunate that that loved to fish just like I did. Sure. And uh, that I that I was fortunate to do shows with. Uh, the if uh, if you were in the, that, in, that they're just favorite shows. You know, well, they're hard I'll, to. And I, and I, just pick I, out one. I hope that I hope that one of your favorite shows that you ever done is going to be the one that we're hopefully going to be able to do in February. You know, we're going to try to oh, go yeah. oh, put you on some oh, you a sheep's head bike. Yeah. That'll be a good one. <laughs> you know, and, and part of part of uh, the opportunity that you've had with fishing shows, you had a, the opportunity to fish so many different places and Absolutely. for for so many different fish. If in your memory bank, what was probably some of the best places to fish, and what's your favorite fish to catch? Well, in freshwater, uh, I still uh, I love the smallmouth bass. It, it's uh, I love to catch smallmouth. They're just uh, the gamiest, uh, most acrobatic, hardest fighting. Uh, their will to live is just. Uh, uh, I just, I grew up catching them. I love wade fishing. I grew up wade fishing the creeks in Middle Tennessee, uh, a creek that meandered its way through Moore County, uh, Lynchburg, the home of Jack Daniels. I used to wade the spring creeks that meandered its way through the hollers there at uh, the distillery where Jack Daniels is. My grandmother lived, I could throw a rock uh, and uh, hit Panyard Hill. Uh, just where the skirt, where the Mulberry Creek skirted it, and it was a smallmouth creek, and I waited that, and and that's what I caught in that creek was smallmouth. Smallmouth, and they uh, would they would pull a largemouth bass if you had a if you had the old tractor pull contest with a smallmouth hooked to a largemouth, the smallmouth would win every time. Mm-hmm. He'd drown him. Uh, you could put a four pound largemouth or a eight pound largemouth, uh, two pound largemouth, down tail to tail. The two pound largemouth to drown the largemouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and then I go, I guess when you go to uh, saltwater, um, I think uh, there's there's a couple. Uh, uh, permit is a, is a is a special fish. 
I've never caught one. Water. Yeah, I've never uh, caught oh, one of them. Oh, they're, 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 they're a gamey fish to fish for. Uh, free line and a bait to, to, to a permit. Uh, I love to fish big snook uh, just uh, south of you uh, in the Indian River. Uh, big, big snook. Uh, they're a gamey fish. Oh, they're like largemouth bass, but but saltwater's oh, version of largemouth bass. Mm-hmm. So much fun to catch right. them. Real light mouth. You know, they got that real thin mouth. Right. I, I really enjoy fishing those. And I've been fortunate. I've got a guy that I know that is a pro at it. And I, I really enjoy uh, fishing baby tarpon in the 10 to 30 pound class on light tackle. That That's just, uh, that's the ultimate. I think uh, it was I think it was Ted Williams that said, Bill, that it's the greatest athlete that ever swam. The tarpon? Yes. Yeah. I think he's right. I think he's right. It's that, that's a, a a great way to put it. That's a great way to put it. And especially with light tackle. Oh, I look yeah. forward every year to uh going to the tributaries of uh, that feed into the Indian River and uh fish you know, fish for these fish. They're just, uh, they're a remarkable fish. The big, big tarpon that uh, come into the, uh, in the Keys around uh, Bay of Honda, Bay of Honda and uh, uh, the, the Keys up through there, from Seven Mile Bridge, all up down through there, the big 100, 100 plus pound tarpon. They're fun, but uh, they'll just beat you to death. <laughs> Yeah, oh, they'll, they'll wear you out, and you can set the clock, and, and, and Bill, uh, Kevin Favor, Captain Kevin Favor, who is sitting right here beside me, who I've been doing this show with for, what, Kevin, we've been 24 doing it for years. 24 years now. Mm-hmm. Kevin actually has taken you know, different people out to do TV shows, and, and Kevin took Mark Sosin out, where you guys oh, caught, Mark, yeah. I think it was a 200, 200. caught a 200-pound tarpon, mm-hmm. and uh, that kind of begs the question, as, a, as an outdoor show television host, do you ever watch other television shows? And if so, you know, who, who is your, your favorite outdoor television oh, I, show? I, host? I watch, yeah, I watch it. Most of those guys are good friends. Like you just mentioned, Mark, Mark and I co-authored a book together years and years ago, uh, called titled practical black bass fishing. Hmm. Mark's a very good friend of mine. And, uh, you look at uh, other guys that do outdoor shows. Jimmy Houston's a good friend of mine. We do stuff together. Roland Martin and I do stuff together. A competitive guy, Kevin Van Dam's a good friend. He's not doing t- television, thank God. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I look at guys that uh, that do outdoor uh, television programming. Most of them I know. Most of them uh, were good friends. And uh, uh, Al Linder, I think they do. A remarkable show in Fisherman. Mm-hmm. They do. Oh, yeah. They do. Mm-hmm. They do a fabulous show. Uh, and a lot of us work together. Uh, we trade. Uh, uh, some of them call me. They need a B-roll shot, and I said I've got it. I said if you got an underwater shot of a of, of a tarpon, if you got an underwater shot of a snook, if you got an underwater shot of a, a smallmouth, you you got an underwater shot of a particular lure. I got it. And we, we we help each other. Uh, uh, yeah, that's sponsor a, will call, a sponsor will call and say, "Hey, I said I'm, I'm, it's, I can't do it because it's uh, I've got it's too competitive. I've got, but I know a guy that uh, would do you a good job." Hmm. And uh, 
Jimmy's helped me with sponsors. I've helped him with sponsors. Roland, we all we all work together. We're not we're not competitors. We're just in the same kind of business. And Jimmy and Roland and I are extremely good friends, and we all work together. So uh, it's just uh, well, Jim, Jimmy uh, and Roland don't have a hat. I, I mean, it's <laughs> seriously. I mean, so. Jimmy's got the hair, though. Well, he's got the hair. Okay, he's got the hair, but uh, but they don't have the hat. So so the University of Tennessee hat, right? That you have worn throughout your career. At what point did you decide that I need to wear this hat all the time? Okay, and does the University of Tennessee give you a lifetime supply of Tennessee hats? Well, you know, uh, I've got a. Coach Doug Dickey, who I think, I think uh, Coach Doug Dick, I think Coach Dickey's living in Jacksonville now. If I'm not, that's correct. And uh, I would get a call from recruiting in Tennessee, and they said, "Hey, we got a we got a recruit that we're working with uh, that really loves fishing, Bill." And I said, "What's his number?" Little scoop there. Yeah, and I'd call him. Hey, is that uh, legal, Bill? Yeah. Is that is that allowed by the NCAA? They no, they didn't ask me. They didn't ask me. I, I took it on my own. I know what to do. I know what to do. Uh, this, this was a hundred years ago, and I'd say uh, I'd get like Randy Sanders. I said, Randy, this Bill Danson uh, in Tennessee. I said, do you know that we have twenty six major impoundments across our state? <laughs> and I said, you know, you're going to be playing if you play at Tennessee. You're going to be a great university. We're nationally televised. Uh, you're going to be playing over a hundred thousand people on national television. Uh, you're playing on the banks of the Tennessee River, a great fishery, full of smallmouth bass. I said, you come to Nashville, there's great impoundments there. You come to uh, Memphis, I'd love to meet you, and if time allowed, uh, maybe we could get together. And I was serious about it; I, I wasn't just bullying him about that. And uh, uh, so, but anyway, Randy and I got to know each other, and we tried to. He became uh, he played he played uh, uh, at Tennessee. He uh, became an offensive coordinator at Tennessee, and I think he left and went on to Kentucky, and then I think he went on to the pros. But when he could go, I couldn't go, and when I could go, he couldn't go. But uh, I would try to uh, help recruit, uh, try to change their mind to come to Tennessee. Well, anyway, you, you, you would have converted me from the University of Virginia to the yeah. University of Tennessee in a minute if so, you gave me a phone so call. So who's your best recruit, Bill? Randy was a good one. Okay. Randy was a good one. Randy, Randy was a, a real good recruit. <laughs> and, uh, and then one day in the mail, uh, of course, I grew up with the majors. They, the, in Lynchburg, because Johnny, Johnny, the majors were from Lynchburg. Mm-hmm. But uh, one day in the mail, I get two teacaps, and uh, they were from uh, Coach Dickey. And uh, oh, I thought that was the greatest thing. And so I wore one to a tournament, and a, a BASS tournament, and I won that tournament. And so I wore it to the next, and I won that tournament. <laughs> and Said, Superstitious. Well, <laughs> yeah. And, and I, well, I'll tell you what I did. I wore it to Ross Barnett at Jackson. I won that tournament. And then the next tournament was uh, to Rayburn in Texas. And as luck would have it, I won that one. And then somebody said, that's your lucky hat. 
And so I wore it for Smith Lake in Alabama, and I won that one. I won three in a row. And I said, brother, I started sleeping in that hat. <laughs> and uh, I did. And I looked funny in the shower with it, but I, I still wore it. And uh, it was hard to wash my hair with it, but I did. But uh, anyway, uh, it became it became a, a, just I started wearing it. And in, in sponsors, it became a trademark. And sponsors accepted it. And uh, I remember I was with Scrin, uh fishing line, and we were doing some, we went to Knoxville to um, the World's, World's Fair, and they introduced the uh, World's Fair uh, a knot, and uh, some writers were standing there, and one writer said, uh, I was with the Stratton people. And Roland was there with me, and I remember a writer said, "Here, can you put a strin hat on?" And the strin people said, "No, he wears a sea cap <laughs> and uh, a permanent, a recognizable standpoint." That's and, right. Uh, and I was blessed that I could always wear one hat, one cap, and I, I wasn't like uh, NASCAR where I had to, you know, put an oil cap on, put a coke cap on, put this cap on, put that cap on, put this cap on. I could I could just wear one cap and uh, walk out the door. Yeah, you, you yeah, got, yeah, that's you right. One, one hat. Yeah, you make sure <laughs> you got the right hat. It's not hard when and, you got one hat. And, and what Tennessee did, Tennessee one dropped that hat, and then that hat and the alumni catalog became. They came back with it as a Bill Dance cap. So it's in the alumni catalog as a Bill Dance cap, and they they went to a they 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 dropped the total mesh cap and they went to a. Uh, an all nylon front cap. And the problem is I can run the boat down the lake with that cap on and air goes through it. I try to wear another cap and it'll blow off my head. But <laughs> I used to laugh at Forrest Woods with the Ranger Boat Company. I said, you're the only man I know that can run a boat, get run a, your boat 60 miles an hour down the lake and your cowboy head doesn't blow off your head. He said, I, I've got some good glue, Bill. Said, okay. <laughs> That's awesome. But, uh, uh, but, Bill, we're going we're gonna to take a break. Uh, take okay. a commercial break, and we'll come back with you here in just a second, folks. Uh, we're talking to, to the great Mr. Bill Dance, who has been a great competitive fisherman early in his career and has been doing outdoor show television for, gosh, for years, since 1968. We all grew 68. up with him, and we're going to talk with him more right after this, right here on the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. Welcome back to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show, and we are joined by the great Mr. Bill Dance, and what we're playing right now is a song by Luke Bryan, and the actual title of it is Bill Dance, and folks, if you've never heard it, it's a great song, and the video is a must-watch, and uh, Bill, you had to have a lot of fun doing that video with Luke Bryan, and I, I, I think it was a great song as well. Oh, it really was. Uh, you know, uh, that. It's funny how it kind of came about. Uh, Luke, they were on the bus uh, the way that uh, Dallas told me. Dallas is a, probably, you, you look at great songwriters in Nashville, uh, Dallas Davison, Ben Hayslip, and uh, Rhett Akins. They're, uh, they're some of the best songwriters. Uh, I mean, they're tremendous songwriters. And uh, they're all on the bus, and Luke was on the bus. Luke was on the bus, happened to be on the bus that night, coming back from uh, some gig. And Luke called me about uh, some fishing question, and I answered it. And 
uh, we talked there a few minutes and said, where are you heading? He said, we're heading back home. And I said, well, okay, good. But then we talked a minute. And Dallas said after the conversation, Luke hung up. He said, I'm going to write a song about Bill Dane. <laughs> and, and of course, I knew Dallas real well because Dallas and I had fished together. And Dallas had written, Dallas had written, at that time, had written 17 number one hits for Keith Urban, for Blake Shelton, for Luke, and, and, and no telling how many other writers in Nashville. And uh, he said, let's do that. So they all started just kind of throwing out lyrics, and they'd write a lyric down. And so when they got back to Nashville, they pulled in down at Franklin, down at Luke's place, and they started writing a few more and writing a few more. and. The next thing I knew, I, we were over at the Wonders of Wildlife at Johnny Marsh's place in Springfield, Missouri, the night Johnny had the big opening. And I was kind of backstage with uh, uh, Tracy Bird and John Anderson. And we were sitting back there talking, and I look up, and I see Dallas. And I, I, I said, what are you doing here? And he said, uh well, I'm here, and Johnny had a big, big hoop-de-do that night. Governor, uh, Governor, President George Bush was there. President Carter was there. Um, uh, I, I don't know. He had a, he had a bunch of bunch of people there. I think it's a great uh, term, by the way. Hoop-de-doo. Hoop-de-doo. Love that. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> one of Johnny's expressions. It's a hoop-de-doo. And uh, so, I walked up to Dallas and I said, "What's going on?" He said, uh, you don't know Lucas. I said, I didn't have any idea Lucas coming. And uh, so he said, well, he's, he's, he, in fact, he's going to sing your song tonight. And I said, what song? He said, the Bill Dance song. He said, we got it. We got it done. You know, the one I was telling you about a while back. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I said, really? He said, yeah, it's, let me see right here. And he looked down. He said, it, it'll be the fourth song. He's going to sing it. And I said, good gracious, you got to be kidding. And he said, no, no, he's, he's going to sing it. And so I said, boy, and the crowd, it was, uh, it was Kevin Costner was there. Uh, I mean, it was just was a big deal Johnny put on. Of course, Johnny knows everybody. <laughs> and uh, so I got, I was standing there with, with uh, Dallas, and he said, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. So. I stood there beside the stage, on the side of the stage, and sure enough, Luke started singing it, and he, he kind of messed up the first verse. He said, wait a minute, this is the first time I've done this. And he said, let me start this over. Let me first tell you how this song came about. And he, he told it. And he, he told how we met, how uh, Luke and I, he first said, I met Bill Dance, and then he said, and here's how it, here's how it goes. And he sang it. And when he sang it, after he sang it, I got up, I walked across the stage, and he took his guitar off, and he came out and hugged his neck and everything. And uh, he, uh, uh, that was the first time I heard it. And then the next thing I know, <clears throat> time passed, and he was going to release the record, put it on an album. And, uh, and then he called, his agency called. And, of course, I talked to Luke periodically. And uh, we were trying to work up a fishing trip. And he said, we're going to do a music video. 
and we got it scheduled. And I went over to uh, Lawrenceburg, Tennessee. He's got a farm over there, just south of uh, Nashville. And we did the music video. We had a ball doing it. I mean, it was more fun. Stayed over there a couple, two or three days, and we did the music video. Fished, and uh, he loves the bass fish. He's just eating up with it. And he's got several lakes. And Johnny Marsh, the founder and president, owner of Bass Pro Shop, flew in. And Kevin was there. We all fished for two or three days, did a lot of video. And they shot... Uh, they shot uh, the show and the, the music video, and next thing I know, it was done. And uh, Luke, last weekend, we were over at Luke's place for a fundraising thing for a children's hospital that's real dear to Luke's heart, and uh, he had a lot of entertainers in for that. We do it every year uh, uh, called the Redbird Games, and uh, a big fundraising event that Luke puts on, so... I was over there, and Luke told me that he had had 750,000 views uh, in the first few days on that. Uh, oh, uh, I, I believe it. I mean, that's it's a great right. video. It's a great song. Oh, it's fantastic, it's, fantastic. It, it, it's but, well written, and, and uh, I, it was a joy to listen to. Well, you and, know, when, you, when your friend and fishing buddy uh, is one of the world's best-selling music artists, who sold over 75 million records, writes a song about wanting to be you, it simply just doesn't get any better than that. And uh, that's really the Blackberry and the Cobbler right there. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's, that's great. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, it, that, it, it's something, it's something, <clears throat> that's something really special. Oh, w- without a doubt. And I, and I got to say, too, Bill, I mean, first of all, it, it's a great – video and and well, some of the videos that you've been able to do throughout your career some of the ones that have probably asked so many different segments of society has been your blooper reels <laughs> oh good lord yeah <laughs> and i love them and i think everybody loves them and uh question how much fun has it been putting those together because you got to be able to laugh at yourself and oh, it's been a lot of fun a lot of bruises but we've had fun doing them and you got another one coming out anytime soon? No. <laughs> no. Uh, we we could we could do one we could do one every week, but uh, uh, they uh, you know that that uh, I'll, I'll fast forward this. Uh, we had a we had Walmart as a sponsor, and Walmart said, uh, "Hey." Sporting Good called, and they said, look, we need you to rerun uh, a particular show. And I said, I ain't rerunning the show. And they said, Bill, we bought so much of this product. Because you said it. So I said, I did, and we sold it. They said, I know it, but we, we overbought on the second the second go-round. And we think if you rerun a show, we can sell, we can sell this product through. I said, uh. And so... I went out, and they needed that show to air the following week. Well, I I went out and tried to The water had gotten cold, and the fish just wouldn't bite. They just wouldn't bite it. And I fished and fished and fished and fished and fished, and I finally got enough to make a half show. And uh, I said, I can make a half show out of it. And they said, well, that's better than nothing. And so our, editor, our producer, 
he had a bunch of outtakes. I didn't even know he had them. So he butted the half. He butted the uh, outtakes up to the other part of the half show, and he aired it. And uh, they liked it. They were pleased, and, and believe it or not, the half show sold the product. It, it, it sold them through. And the other half of the show was a blooper. It was outtakes. <laughs> well, surprisingly, NBC, uh, they had a show running called Super Bloopers and Practical Jokes. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and Dick Clark Productions yeah. produced that. And uh, Ed McMahon and uh, Dick Clark, uh, I, I can't remember, it was Ed McMahon and somebody did that show. And uh, so we get, a call, we get a call from Dick Clark Productions, and they said, uh, can you supply us with three bloopers? And our producer said, hey, Dick Clark Productions wants three bloopers. I said, let them have them. <laughs> and they said, uh, I said, that's good. That's good PR. And uh, they said, no, they want to pay for them. And I said, no, don't charge them for them. Give them to them. They said they insist on paying for them. Okay. I said, too small. I, yeah. I said, I said, okay. And uh, so they paid us like 800 bucks a piece for them. And I said, okay. So they called the next week and they wanted three more. And so Tony said, let me start digging back. And so he found, he got him three more. And uh, so they said, keep sending us three a week till we tell you to stop. So we said, okay. Well, CBS had started a, a blooper deal. The BBC in London had started a show. <laughs> and uh, they wanted some. Rogan's Heroes in, in Los Angeles had started a, a kind of a, a blooper show. And Crook and Chase at TNN had started a, a show. And for long, we were sending out bloopers, and Tony said, the heck with this? Why don't we do a blooper show? And I said, well, why don't we? So we produced. I said, have we got enough bloopers? He said, Bill. <laughs> 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 he, said, he said, are you drunk? And I said, no. He said, Bill, Bill, Bill. So we put together a blooper show, and we aired it. And then the next thing he said, why don't we put out a blooper tape? And I said, okay. And uh, and we put the blooper tape out, and I think Walmart bought it. And then we sold the, we sold the pants off of it. And then before long, uh, they said, when are you going to have blue for two? I said, Tony, we got enough, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Tony went back. We had enough for blue for two. Then we had enough for blue for three. We had enough for blue for four. Wow. And uh, so anyway, we, uh, they just, it, it went crazy. So there, there's been four or has there been five? No, there has not been five. Okay, so there's been uh, four blooper reels, and there won't be a fifth. Not that I know of. Not <laughs> not right now. Uh, we, uh, our, Tony told our, our, we usually shoot two cameras when we go, and uh, 
he told the cameraman back then, he says, when something starts, don't stop. If Bill starts falling off the bridge, let him go. (laughs) (laughs) And one cameraman, we have one cameraman who was about two degrees off plumb. He said, well, if Bill starts to fall, (laughs) shouldn't I try to help him? No, let him go. Oh, that's that's one of the one of the best lines yes. I've seen. Two, <laughs> two degrees, degrees off plumb. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm writing oh, yeah. it down. Yes. Oh yeah, he Tony Tony was a Tony was he was a, he was a funny guy. He'd like a freight train take a dirt road. But he, I tell you what, he Tony was just a good old country boy. But he was. He, he, he was funny. All right, Bill, we're going to take a, one more break. And then if you don't yeah, mind, man, go ahead. One, sure. more, one more segment with yeah. you, and uh, yeah. and then we'll let you go. But I'm absolutely loving talking to folks. Mr. Bill Dance. Fantastic. Uh, been a great fisherman, and a lot, of, a lot of education has been passed on from him to all of us anglers across the country. And we'll talk to him right here on the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show right on the other side, right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. We are joined by Mr. Bill Dance, and uh, Bill just wanted to share. We got a text uh, from our good buddy, C. Ford Riley, who happens to be an amazing artist. Don't know if you're familiar with his work, but he uh, he texted Kevin, and he said, a fantastic show, and said he's going to be watching the game today with Doug Dickey, and he said he can't wait to talk to him about uh, Bill Dance. Oh, great. <laughs> tell him, tell him uh Tell him to tell the coach I said hi, and I miss him so much. Awesome. We we will do that. And you know, you've had the opportunity to take television cameras with you and make what has been for a lot of people enjoyable television to watch. I mean, and outdoors is obviously the fabric of a lot of communities. And cameras sometimes can be a burden. And uh, as as we know, we've been around televisions for for, for quite some time. And cameras, both of us, me and Kevin. But if you had the opportunity to go somewhere and fish and not take cameras, where would you go and who would you who would you take? You know, <clears throat> I'll tell you what, I had that's a good question. I had a I had a guy, a writer asked me, uh in the past year, he said, If you could take three people to dinner tomorrow night, who would they be? Well, uh they would be uh and I'll tell you why. My granddaddy was my mentor. He he was a doctor, just like my daddy. But my granddaddy taught me so much about fish anatomy, how fish hear, how fish see, uh, and about wading the creeks, always wade upstream, uh, always drink the water above a cattle crossing. No, <laughs> no, but no, seriously, he, he taught me, he taught me the importance of, uh, sounds and, and I, that has helped me all the way through, uh, that, that I learned that, fit, that, uh, bright light doesn't hurt a fish's eye. And I learned about all this stuff through him. But if I could go to dinner tonight with three people, who would they be? And, uh, one of them, uh, of course, I did go with one a, a lot, and that was my granddad. But another one I'm going to mention, I almost got to got to do a show with. But the other would be the Pope, and the other would be Billy Graham. 
I think those three to sit at a table with those three and have dinner with would be the greatest single thing that I could ever accomplish in my life. Uh, and, uh, those three men, uh, I'd probably respect as much as I respect anybody on earth. Uh, I had an opportunity one time, a friend of mine that lived in Detroit, his name was George Hoffman. He had it almost worked out that I, a trip, he was working in North Carolina. He called me and he said, how would you like to take Billy Graham on a fishing trip? And I was so excited. That, that was like a little 18-year-old girl getting to go on a date with Elvis Presley. I was, so, I, hey, I was, I was happy as a rabbit in a lettuce patch. I'm telling you, I thought this is this is unbelievable, and uh, uh, it. And, and I'll tell you what, he said he will do any kind of fishing you want to do. And I was, I just started racking my head, racking my head. Where, where can we do it? Where he can catch a few fish, and it, it'd just be a automatic. It'd be, be automatic that he would catch fish. And the the only place I could think of where he would, he's limited on time, where he could just fly in. I could pick him up at the airport. We could go straight to the boat ramp. We could go, boom, right there, bang, 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 catch fish. He could go right back to the airport and fly right out in a few hours. And the place was the Tennessee River tail race waters below Pickwick Dam. And uh had fish located, and it was just perfect. And I told George, and it was just, everything was perfect. If he could do it before, and it's a hydroelectric facility, and everything depends on, uh, it's all computer-driven, and the water was perfect, the fishing was perfect, and it was just a guaranteed, you just throw it, and you'll catch fish. And... uh it got right to the point where it was almost a done deal, and they changed the water flow, oh, and no. uh, we had to postpone it. Mm. And then, and then, when I could go, he couldn't go. And then the water changed, the fish changed, and then it was a well, maybe we can get a show, maybe we can't. And then it was an iffy, iffy, and it never, it never materialized. But we, <laughs> we, we, I told him the title. And he thought it was, he thought it was fun. He thought it was, he thought it was amusing. And I was going to title it, it was fishing below the tail race water below Pickwick Dam. And I was going to title it, Good Damn Fishing with Billy Graham. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he, he thought, he liked it. He thought it was good. He, he liked it. He thought it was a good title. Oh, and I, that's great. I, I said, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. He said, no, it's a good title. And I but anyway, we the, the, I, those three. I'd, I'd I'd love my granddaddy to be here and uh, see what we've accomplished and uh, what he's taught me and how far he's gotten me through life. And uh, Hope's still here, uh, but I know that never happened. But uh, well, and then having a granddad kind of teach you. Uh, from the oh, get go, he, he taught me. Oh, he taught me so much. I mean, and, that's uh, incredible. And family is is so important. I think to everything that we do. And obviously, it was important oh, it to is. you growing up. And and how important has your family overall been to your success through the years? I couldn't have made it without them. Uh, 
couldn't have made it without them. My wife always said, if you believe in, and you work hard toward goals, you can accomplish them. And uh, I'd have never gotten where I am without without her. She's been the driving force behind everything I've done. And someone said, you know, uh, I look back at writers that I've been forced. I wouldn't be here today had it been for these writers. The writers that just written articles. And I told a newspaper writer here about a month ago in Houston, I did an article. He says, I know, I said, listen, it's people like you that kick-started our career. And, and uh, I, I appreciate everything, every word you type and put in print. Uh, it, it's, it's helped us. It, it's helped me. It, it kick-started my career in the beginning. But uh, I look back, he asked the question, he said, you look back over your lifetime, Tell me what special thing in your life uh, stands out. Was it a was it a, a winning fish that won you a tournament? Was it an award you won? Was it a special moment in your life? What 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 special thing in your life can you, that that just sets sets it apart and above everything else? And the one thing. That uh, it really means a lot to me. I was there when each one of my four children caught their very first fish, and I was there when each one of my grandchildren caught their very first fish. Now I doubt if I'll be here when each one of their children catch their very first fish, but I hope what I passed along to them, they can teach those children what I taught them. And, you know, they'll be there when they catch their very first fish. But to be there to see two generations catch their very first fish, that was a very special thing. So uh, to watch the smiles on their face, to watch. I know my uh, granddaughter, She, we've got a lake right here beside the house. And uh, uh, actually, it's a pond. But uh, I call it a lake. You know the difference in a lake and a pond? <laughs> It's whether you buy. It's whether you're buying or selling. But, uh, <laughs> That's <laughs> but, a good line. But, yeah, but anyway, they, the, Pamela, my daughter, they live here on the on the place. With, we've got land here. When she got married, we we gave her some land across the lake. But anyway, uh, my granddaughter, she hung a big fish. Uh, the second oldest granddaughter hung a big fish, and she was fighting it. She said, help me, help me. I said, I'm not doing a thing. That's your, that's your deal. She said, help me, help me. I don't want to lose this fish. I said, I'm not doing it. And uh, I, I did one time. There was a little bush there. I just lifted her. I took one finger and, and pushed her rod up to about the noon position where the line would go over the top of that bush. She said, you're not going to help me land it. I said, I'm not helping you do anything. I'll, I'll help you put it up on the bank. I mean, I'll help you lift it out of the water. And she said, I can't believe you're not going to help me. I said, I'm not helping you. You you, you made the cast. You set the hook. You're fighting the fish. And after I got the fish up and got it out of the water, I, I lifted I lifted, And she took the hook out of its mouth. And she said, why didn't you help me? I said, because I would have helped you catch that fish. Now you can say, I caught that fish. Not we caught it, I caught it. 
big fish, and she just she, she runs around now. And she took a, took a picture of it. And she said, "Look what I caught, not <laughs> what we caught." That's awesome. And so, and so anyway, we uh, uh, I've been blessed from that standpoint to uh, you know see, see them catch their turtles. Well, so that was a very very special moment. Yeah, yeah, and you're and you're very fortunate to have your family with us. And and Bill, we we appreciate you taking the time on a Saturday morning to talk with us yes, thank and you. to talk with all of our listeners. And we've oh, I've loved it. thoroughly I've loved enjoyed it. it. I've had a great time, Jeff. Uh, get your hook sharp for February. We're going to have a good time then too. I can't wait. I can't wait. I, I can't either, buddy. And, uh, tell, uh, tell your buddy to tell coach Dickey. I said, hello and tell him I love him and I miss him. Yep. They're listening. We will do that. And, uh, and I will make sure that, uh, the Jacksonville army, is all in arms ready to help us catch fish when you show up in February. Okay, buddy. Can't wait. I'll talk to you soon, partner. And thanks again. Thank Had you, a Bill. great morning. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you, buddy. See you, partner. Yep. Mr. Bill Bye, Dance. Buddy. How cool Legendary is that? Mr. Bill Dance and uh great guy, fun to talk to. And I'm telling you now, we could do this for hours talking there's, to him. There's no quit. We didn't even get through like a quarter. Well, we had a whole but, bunch of questions for him, but you know, he's I listen to look, just listen to him. Some of the sands, two degrees uh, off plumb. Two degrees off plumb. <laughs> That's fantastic. Classic. Oh yeah. man! All right, let's take a break here on the Nimdick Chevrolet Outdoor Show. Jeff Logman, Captain Kevin Favor, and uh, folks, uh, if you'd like to join in here, we got a couple segments. We're going to try to squeeze a few things in. We moved a few things around. Chris has been an amazing producer today. Thank you, Chris. And uh, we got another half an hour to go. And if you want to join in, 904 641 1010, right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. Welcome back to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. And uh, first of all, a big thank you to Mr. Bill Dance. Uh, yeah, that was so good. That was, that was awesome. I, I'm, I'm going to go back and listen to the podcast. Yeah, you, you know. have to. Because yep. there were some sayings that he had on there that that he just flew by. Yep. You know that you gotta you gotta go back and listen to. And it. you know he's got a million of them too. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And uh, you know, as part of uh, having him on, uh, we have a Ring Power Cat Tip of the Week, and we all know that Ring Power and the Cat Rental Store has great equipment uh, to make sure that jobs are done right, and also that it's dependable, it's reliable. All you have to do is go to ringpower.com to see their full line of equipment that they have that's available. Well, this week's Ring Power Cat Tip of the Week, I want a Bill Dance Outdoors hat. I want the Bill Dance tea hat. Well, you know you where you can get it? it? Yeah. You can go to BillDanceStore.com. Seriously, the, the Bill front of that thing, store.com. The, yeah. the front of that thing looks like a billboard. It's huge. Mm-hmm. It, the it front of his cat. totally the old school oh, yeah. yep. high brim yep. hat. Yeah, mm-hmm. like right out of like 1976. Yep. Totally. Things awesome. Perfect. And you can get them at BillDanceStore.com. I'm at BillDanceStore.com right now. He's got caps, sunglasses, shirts, DVDs if you want to get the bloopers. And I didn't know people were still selling DVDs. <laughs> well, Bill is. <laughs> Bill's like, we just got this technology. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So, uh, this, folks. Uh, this pilot got it for him. <laughs> I know it's Florida Georgia weekend, and we're talking to the man from Tennessee. But you know what? It's a beautiful thing. It was. It's a beautiful thing. And so, uh, folks, uh, 
Remember ringpower.com to learn more. And that's your Ring Power Cat Tip of the Week. We're going to go ahead and knock out a Kirby Co. Builders cooking tip of the week. And if you want to learn more about Kirby Co. Builders, all you have to do is go to our website and go to kirbycobuilders.com. And you can check out all of the different jobs that they've done. And uh, the pictures that they have on their website are impeccable. And this week's Kirby Co. Tip, look, we, we've got a lot of football going on this week. A lot of we've got Florida, Georgia going on. And when you have a big football game, whether it's Florida, Georgia, or the Jaguars in Seattle, whatever it may be. You can't have this before you get on an eight-hour, ten-hour plane ride. Oh, I would totally have this <laughs> before a flight <laughs> no, to Seattle. Cannot. And we've used this before, but we've never used them together. Oh, right, okay. Okay, and this week's Kirby Co-Builders Cooking Tip of the Week, we're putting together two of the best ever. And we're talking about palmetto cheese, which we have referred to in the past as crack cheese. Mm -hmm. And if you combine that with Mazetta sliced tamed jalapeno peppers, and trust me, don't get the hot ones. Get the medium, Mm -hmm. mild ones. And if you dice up those jalapeno peppers nice and fine, then you sprinkle them on top of the cracked cheese, and you take them to a a party or a uh, football event. Mm-hmm. You will be the hit of the party. Trust me, you'll be like Betty White saying, I made those cheese puffs. <laughs> They're awesome. And combine them, I got two favorites to eat them with, or to eat that with. Fr- the Big Fritos mm-hmm. is Love definitely, the big Fritos. oh my God. Yeah. And then the second best one, is probably Triscuits. Mm-hmm. Do you eat them with anything else? Corn chips are okay. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm more of a Triscuit guy. But I'll, the Fritos? But the Fritos. The big yeah. Fritos? Yeah, I know. The ones that are like about the size of the end of a, not a teaspoon, not, but a it, tablespoon. Not everybody can eat like long Just them. scoop yeah. them up. Scoops. You got a whole Scoops bunch of them good. jalapenos yeah. on top. Money. <laughs> Money. Anyway. That's your Kirby Co-Builders Cooking Tip of the Week. And since we totally got out of whack mm-hmm. with some of the breaks, Chris, you tell me when we need to take a break, okay? I will do so. I will whisper so you're, in you're, your ear. You're, your favorite part of the interview are stories. Uh, uh, probably, well, the favorite part of, my, of the interview was, was the excitement that he has for coming here to fish for sheep's head. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. Because, well, I, mean, that's, I mean, that's cool. He's yeah, coming to Jacksonville I, to catch sheep's head. I, I, I thought the, the – I thought the recruiting part was fantastic. And he handled the accusation about, is is that legal by the NCAA? He handled that well. Listen, that wasn't the first time somebody asked him that question either. (laughs) But but he he kind of, you know, it went from the the Tennessee hat to why and how he got the hat, Uh you know, and and how that got started. I never knew that. No, I didn't either. That that that's why I, I thought that that was so interesting yes. because that had nothing to do with fishing. It had to do with with him being a TV personality. Coach Dickey and, gave and him Coach a hat. Coach Dickey gave him a hat because hey, thank you. And then he won <laughs> multiple tournaments, and yeah. everybody was telling him it's his lucky hat, yeah. and he had to keep wearing. Well, three in a row with that hat on. Yeah, that, that was it. Slept in it. That's pretty cool. Showered in it. Showered I mean, in it. Mm-hmm. And you know, if if you look at at his bio, he's had. Great relationships with uh, the uh, not the university, well, the University of Tennessee for one, of course. But then also the Tennessee Game and Fish Department, the Tennessee Parks Department. I mean, the whole state of Tennessee, because he has been essentially a spokesman. Sure, he has for the state of Tennessee. Yeah, and that's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and, you're, and you're right. You know, I thought it was funny that he said 
because I didn't put this together, is he said the sponsors accepted it. Okay, so what? You got a tea hat on? Well, no. Some sponsors want you to wear their hat, right? You know, and 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 they were they were they were good with it. They you know so obviously probably wore their shirt or something. I was but, I was talking to him uh, early this week and also talked with Pamela, his daughter, which mm-hmm. is the one he said that he just gave them some land and they live right there where he's at. And she was and he was talking about they were both talking about the relationship with Johnny Morris. I mean, Bill and Johnny go back way back. Mm-hmm. Have you ever met Johnny Morris? I have not okay. met Johnny. I was just and. Curious. I mean, Johnny right now in Bass Pro Shops, I think Johnny in Bass, well, Johnny is worth like $7 billion. I mean, he's one of the most, one of the great American success stories in business that there is. Mm-hmm. With Bass Pro Shops and now Cabela's, they're all owned by Johnny Morris. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, a tremendous relationship that, that their relationship, Bill and Johnny, go back literally to when Johnny was selling out of the back of his truck mm-hmm. outdoor products. I mean, and to think, that that's where the beginnings are of that relationship. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. So and that's why, you know, you're talking about Johnny having a soir. What did he say? What was the term he used for having a party? Um, that Johnny had a yeah, little, I know. Uh, what, what to do, hit to do, what to do. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was great. You know what, you know what that reminded me of is when we had Mossy Oak guys, Bill Suggs and, and uh, Toxie Hayes, mm-hmm. you remember when 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 we did that show, Chris? Yeah, we did and, it in Mississippi. Oh, we did totally it remember. And and all all you and I did was sit there. Yeah, listen, that was the best. It was awesome. Yeah, listen to how they so got good. Mossy Oak started and, and yep. them two talk man. about the first camo that yes, they did. They yeah. put it on the tree and yep. the guy couldn't yep. see it. Yeah. yeah, similar to Johnny Morris, Toxie started Mossy Oak out of the back of his car. Absolutely did. And, uh, yeah, and that's pretty cool. And I, and this mm-hmm. I think kind of blew me away. He, he remembers. That first meeting yeah. with the television station, like it was yesterday, he's talking about Elizabeth, and they spent two hours together and talking, and, Cheese and then crackers. he, yeah, and yeah, then he yeah. goes in and talked to Lance yeah. Russell, Lance Russell, which Chris See, freaks was, out over that. I was flipping out, when Chris. I heard why, that. why were you flipping out? Tell people why what Lance Russell is. Okay, so for me, uh, I'm a I'm a professional wrestling fan from the get, uh, and so there are three. Uh, people, announcers that are on Mount Rushmore when, when it comes to wrestling announcement. Wrestling. Yeah. So uh, so the first is Gordon Soley. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second is Jim Ross. And the third, for me, is Lance Russell. And when he mentioned that, I about flipped my lid because I was not ready for that. That was super cool. Well, Loved Lance Russell. Lance Russell, who's this, as Chris said, top of Mount Rushmore pro wrestling announcer was a program director at an ABC affiliate in Tennessee that gave Bill Dance his first start ever. Yeah, yeah you got yeah, you got to remember pro wrestling didn't pay big bucks like it does now. No. So, but I mean so, that's yeah, you got to have a day job. <laughs> that story right there I think is incredible. And how he talked about the sponsorship <laughs> and the shows and everything kind of coming about and then the syndication and I mean Man, just, I, I have gotten more texts this morning about oh, yeah. this show, yeah. I mean, there's so many people that grew up watching Bill Dance. <laughs> yeah, I just got I just got a, a text from Captain Kenny Crawford. He said, I'm driving through Tennessee, listening to the all show and listening to Bill Dance. He's like, how cool is how that? How cool is that? <laughs> well, I, right? couldn't, I couldn't believe just how grounded he is with the, the three people he chose that he could have dinner with. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking rock stars, country yeah. legends. Oh, he he's done like my, that. My granddaddy, the Pope, and Billy Graham. I'm yeah. Like, yeah, that's fantastic. How do you, how do you top <laughs> that? Right? Yeah, well, see, you know what it is? Because every time he's at a table, 
He's the one that everybody's asking questions and wants him to talk. Yeah. At that dinner, he just gets to sit back and eat and listen to them. Oh yeah. I don't know if I don't know if he could do that. No, though. I don't know either. He'd he'd have to tell some stories now, right? I mean, yes. if you're in that situation. So Pope. So yeah. <laughs> so, favorite fish to catch. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm on the Tennessee River. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, the one there was a couple questions that, and, and obviously we could have spent we we could do shows and shows and shows. I mean, just like the, the, the we could do millions of shows with Bill Dance. A couple of the questions that I wanted to ask him that we didn't we didn't get to, and, and Kevin really wanted to ask this one of them was, what's the most significant technological advancement in fishing that yeah. you have been impressed with? And then the other one that I wanted to do that uh, never got to, and obviously time is, is, is a big thing, but I really wanted to ask him if you could take three lures and put them in a tackle box, and that's the only three lures that you ever had to fish with for the rest of your life, for anything, and I'm talking saltwater, freshwater, you name it, what yeah. would they be? And I think that's a great question. No question. And, and, I, and at some point, we're going to get them back on, mm-hmm. and we're going to ask them those two questions and, and, and more. And uh, maybe we can do it in conjunction with when he comes here to fish, and we'll, we'll get yeah. him on a body of sheep's head. We Only should have three, him in tough. studio. Yeah, you, you need to line we that should, up. Yeah, we well, should we'll have – listen, yeah. so here's the deal. Okay, in February, we should have him in the studio, and according to the guest rule, Bill has to supply breakfast. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that would – Oh, come on. Oh, we'd probably give Bill a pass on that. <laughs> <laughs> we'd probably have we'd probably yeah. have that catered. That's, uh, yeah. yeah, we'd get, we'd get bet, Moe's from St. Augustine to cater it and I, not give any to Scott Shank. I bet, I bet you we wouldn't have <laughs> shanked. Any issue with that? <laughs> no, nah, but it was cool, cool having him on, and and uh, literally the first time when I saw him, which was at the ICAST show, and at first you're like, you know, you don't want to bother the guy, right? You know, because but uh, and I was like, you know what? I mean, are you ever going to have an opportunity like this again? And then I just wanted to go up and tell him, hey, look, I really appreciate what you've been and what you've done because mm-hmm. it's been a thorough throw enjoyment for me growing up as a kid watching him on television. I mean, I, I mean, I couldn't wait when, when outdoor television came to ESPN, mm-hmm. I mean, that was, that changed my world. Well, it was, it was, it was the, the freshwater version of everything. Yes. You know what I mean? It was the freshwater well, show. Well, and where I grew up, I mean, in yeah. Virginia, I mean, it was freshwater. It That's wasn't right. saltwater. So, I mean, to see somebody showing me how to do it and learning from them, I mean, seriously, I never grew up wanting to be Bill Dance, mm-hmm. but I grew up wanting to do what Bill Dance was doing on the weekends. Right. You sure. know what I mean? Because that was cool. Absolutely. And I wanted to catch more fish, and Bill Dance was, he was the ticket mm-hmm. to showing me how to enjoy more in my fishing because he taught me what to do. He, <laughs> one thing he taught you, fish in the golf course ponds no matter what you have to do because <laughs> that's where he fished a lot <laughs> i fished a lot dark clothes and camo at night that's right, that's right. all right I let's mean, take a break yeah, let's do. here on the nimnik chevrolet outdoor show and we come back we'll do a weather tides and then we'll talk to kevin he wants to chime in with some bill dance thoughts right here on 1010xl and 92.5 fm
Hey folks, if you're in the market for a Cadillac, only one place to go, pre-owned vehicles, you name it, they've got it at Claude Nolan Cadillac, located on Southside Boulevard, just north of JTB. Welcome back to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. Right, let's do a weather. How about yeah, let's that? Do a we'll knock it out real quick. Yep. Uh, brought to you by the Bearded Pig and the weather for today. West winds 10 to 15, 3 to 4 feet, 12 second intervals. Tomorrow, northwest winds 5 to 10, 2 to 3 feet. And then uh, Monday, north winds 5 to 10, 2 to 3, and that stays the same pretty much uh, Monday, Tuesday. And then Wednesday, it's turning out of the northeast a little bit, but going to be kind of rough there, so just keep your eyes open on that. Tide support brought to you by Angie Subs, best sub shop in Jacksonville, period. The tides for today at 4.44 p.m. It's a high tide. That's a 5.01 tomorrow in the morning at 5.19 a.m., it's a 4.71 high tide. So each and every week, tide's brought to you by Angie Subs. And the weather report's always brought to you by the Bearded Pig. All right, real quick, let's jump to the phone lines and talk to Kevin here real quick. He's got a Bill Dance thought. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, boys. Good morning. classic here with Bill Dance this morning. Yes, sir. Uh, my, my, quote, my favorite quote of the interview, I thought I had it narrowed down to just one, but now I'm struggling with two. Mm-hmm. Good damn fishing with... Billy Graham. <laughs> that that was a the, great title. Yeah, or the story that he told about his granddaughter catching the fish. That was pretty amazing. That was, that was a Love good story. That story. That was a good story. Yep. But uh, thank you guys for everything you do, and uh, really glad you were able to bring Bill's dance to us this morning. Yeah, we appreciate it, Kevin. Thanks, and Kevin. Thank, thank you for listening. You guys have a good, good one. You too. Yeah, have a good uh, weekend. It was awesome. I mean, yeah, it was, it's, you it was know, it's a great opportunity to be able to when talk. When you called to me this week, I'm like, what? Because yeah. we, we didn't know this. I mean, I, my guest was Steve Donaldson. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin called Who me. Was was like, Thank you very, very much. I mean, the, awesome. the information earlier on was great about the uh, South Atlantic Marine Fisheries Commission and the, the cobia and mackerel. Uh, panels that you sit on. Thank you for that information. Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys having me. It was funny because Kevin called me. He was like, we may need you to come in a little earlier. <laughs> <laughs> if you could put, and this is for everybody, good question here, the Mount Rushmore of outdoors. I mean, Bill Dance is right there. Oh, of course he is. Yeah. Who else is. would you put? Flip Pallet. It's always been one of my favorites. And that's you. You're talking about television. Yeah, I'm talking about television. You're, yeah. to, you're, you're talking strictly outdoors. If you talk just like outdoors, hunting and fishing, I mean, that, that's a great question. Yeah, that, I, the, I don't. The, I don't, the third, I don't have third place would be tough. There's so many people. Yeah, you know. I mean, yeah, I don't have what, I don't what Phil Roberts, what Phil Robertson did for for waterfowl hunting. You know, I mean, he he'd be up there for me. Yeah, Jeff. Well, I, we we I I mean, there's a, there's a lot of everybody them, happy, happy, happy. Teddy Roosevelt. Oh yeah, yeah. that's a good one. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. was he not no, a great he, outdoorsman? Yeah. I mean, uh, that's, that's Hemingway. A, Hemingway, oh. great fisherman. Yeah, excellent, great hunter. Excellent call. Yeah. I mean, Bill Dance is, I mean, he's right up there in the conversation of being on the Mount Rushmore of yep. outdoors. I mean, he because. started it all on yeah, TV. Yeah, I mean, television, it's a, that's, the, that's the guy. Yeah. And the amazing thing is 81 years old and still, still rocking. Can't wait to go. She's still rocking. Jeff, as usual, the Nimitic Outdoor Show is brought to you by some fine sponsors. St. Augustine, welcome to Moe's, Southwest Grill, Steenhatchee River Club, Angie Sub, Strike Zone, Tire Outlet, Kirby Co. Builders, Whalen Bay Marine, Shimano, Nimnik and the Nimnik family of dealerships, Chevrolet on Cassett, Buick, and GMC on Phillips Highway. CNH Marine Construction, Atlantic Coast Marine, Consignment Boat Sales, LV Hires, Inc. Hagen Coastal Outfitters, Shark Coatings, Travis, Handyman Travis, Coastal Equipment on New Kings Road and McClenny, Thick Pen Heating and Cooling, Claw Nolan Cadillac, Stack M Storage, Ring Power and Cat Rental Store, and of course, the Bearded Pig. 
<laughs> well, boys, I'm on the road. Have a great trip. Yeah, yeah, man. Good I'll, luck. I'll be sending pictures and everything else, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss a couple weeks. Good, good luck. Yeah, yeah. get a big one. Call yep. in when you can. Oh yeah, folks, make sure you anything you do in the outdoors, always think safety first. Steve Donaldson, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you guys. Y'all have a great weekend and go Gators. See you. See you. See you. At the end of my life.